Hello, everybody, and welcome to what would be the Rip of the Teller and the Gremlin. But again, it is one of those weeks. The sad one, isn't it? Yeah, it's one of those sad weeks where the, the Gremlin is no longer with us for just this week. Just this week, as always, he will be coming back. He got a loot sickness, didn't he? He did. He's sitting there feverish. <laughs> he <laughs> did. sickness or, like Lord of the Rings. Maybe he knew the theme of, of what this episode is going to be. Um, it is he, gonna he knew be, this was the adults table it's the adults table yeah. we're going to be talking a lot about mass effect later on so if you are a mass effect fan this could be a great episode for you if you're not stick around anyway i think yeah maybe maybe we'll convince to. you into get, like, into getting it. into it i think yeah you know, legendary editions out it's i think it's like 10 percent off on steam as well at the minute yeah it's not it, much i think but... it is yeah but still still it's it's a, a lot of bang for your buck as as the saying goes it's you know, and the ugly games. stepchild is like six pounds. <laughs> yeah, that's so true, though. It's just like, <laughs> but that one even cheaper. No one's good. But people are going back to it, which is quite cool. Um, yeah. I mean, I'm going to it for the first time after playing it. But anyway. Yeah, I mean, I think I'm on my fifth playthrough of Andromeda. Oh, God. Well, like, I haven't played it since, like, it originally came out, though. <laughs> anyway, we will talk about Mass Effect in a bit. Um, first off, we're going to start, as always, with our news pieces. And... I saw a piece of news um, and I couldn't, I couldn't not take it. It's a, it's a pretty small piece of news, but it's to do with the CEO of Epic Games, Tim Sweeney. And he actually um, posted a tweet recently and it was something that he, he really didn't agree with Google as a company. And I just thought it was quite funny. And obviously I always... <laughs> just in general. <laughs> I always... It, it kind of is. And that's why I wanted to read you his tweet because obviously I'm always in for the, the kind of epic um salt that yeah and beef that is always just there around especially tim sweeney he loves to get get involved we just we need to get like a representative from google and a representative (laughs) from epic like in the ring we do (laughs) we do it will definitely be tim sweeney coming and then instead of like card girls we can have like the uh google like emoji and like (laughs) like walking across the car (laughs) <laughs> so tim sweeney posted google play desperately needs competition blocking popular apps like fortnite against users wishes while force installing government apps without users consent it's a Good. business with a rotten soul Ooh. <laughs> that is there's no there's no punches pulled there is there? no he, he goes for it um and i kind of agree with him as always i i do think that there is this weird thing where a lot of kind of um Google Play uh, apps are pre-installed on phones, on Android phones. And I really don't agree with that. I, mm. Especially when they're kind of government apps, especially. I feel like this is more of an American thing. I don't really think that type of thing happens here. Oh, I think um, British people are far too lazy to care about, yeah. <laughs> <True>. <laughs> about government apps. I so just don't I, know whether uh, we have. I think our government's too lazy to, to make an app. At least um, we're consistent. But yeah, so it... And and the fact that they're blocking things like Fortnite, yes, they've got kind of beef with Epic, but at the same time, if their users, as it has Tim Sweeney puts it, if if it's their users' wishes, is it really a good idea uh, idea to block it, or or do they just allow it to continue as a free to play and and don't monetize anything? Like mm. I do, I do agree with him. He he is kind of speaking from um, not just obviously he, as an owner of his business saying like all oh, Fortnite should be on the on the play store he's kind of speaking as a as a fan as well as a player um we you know someone who would play Fortnite on an android or on from google play store isn't getting to do so because of google not allowing them and mm. i don't 
I don't, like I said, I think it should be a stance of maybe let them keep being a free-to-play, but take away their monetization for now while this yeah, is going on. That make, that makes a lot of sense. Because the Fortnite still works, you know? The whole point so of Fortnite is That way you're kind no of spiting Epic, but yeah. you're still not hitting the consumer, right? Exactly, because Epic will make no money from it. All they'll be able to do is, you know, have their players, which in turn the players will be happier and like we said our epic isn't gaining from that they're, they're realistically gaining nothing by just having players on their servers um apart from kind of a statistic but they're not gaining anything monetarily so i do think google should take a stand and be like yeah let's let's do what the users actually want android users do want to play fortnite on their phones let's let them um but yeah that that statement of it's a business with a rotten soul was just oh <laughs> and we have talked about how poorly you know google has run its company in in recent kind of news pieces going back to things like the terraria um ceo getting yeah. absolutely lost in the the pile of uh support requests and ignored even though they were meant to be working directly with them for stadia and then him pulling out of stadia because you know of that kind of statement that is a bit they fobbed him soul. off for months yeah exactly because <laughs> they fobbed him off um and I, I just, I thought it was such a, you know, he, he's not afraid to make these statements. And I like that. Mm. I feel like there's a lot of kind of fear in these types of industries, especially Epic not yeah. being the biggest kind of, you know, competitor, not being able to take on Google realistically, yeah. monetarily, mm. um, but willing to make these statements. is just, it always makes me smile that people yeah. are willing to, it, to speak out. And like you say, it's sort of with a lot of creatives that I love and I, and I sort of respect, like, and content creators especially like they're not going to step out against google because google google can make their lives hell exactly whereas he's in a position where you know head of epic where okay yeah there'll still be fallout between the companies and you know like you say removing Fortnite from the store is a perfect example of that yeah but at the same time he doesn't care because like realistically what are you really what are you going to do to him personally yeah you can maybe damage his business but then that just makes you look bad and petty exactly so it, it just kind of ends up being a lose-lose for google in terms of publicity even mm. though i do think he does you know he swings it in a way that's it's hard to disagree with tim here it's he's talked about it from the player's perspective it is hard to say you know oh he's just he's just forcing the issue but it, is google i'll have to take his side on this one because it's google i can't especially with everything that's come out against google you know with the whole in private browser not actually being in private them just lying to people all the lawsuits they're under it it, google just isn't a very nice company and i really like the statement it has a rotten soul because it does feel like that Mm. um somewhere along the way it just became this giant corporate beast that i don't know yeah, I just oh, I don't know. Google but come listen itself. to us on Google Podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> yes, please, please. We're sorry, Google. You can you can pull it back. We're not. We, we love you. you. I still use Google Chrome as my browser. Yeah, I mean, honestly, like what? Again, we say that like you said it perfectly, Bradley. But how much of the stuff do I use every day that is Google? Exactly, the majority. Sorry. Yeah. So you still had a major impact in our lives. So I'm a sellout. Just please start, saying, boys. Yeah, please start to to improve your your company. Start to be a bit nicer, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Think about the, the the general, you know, people that use your product, not just the millionaires. Yeah, and it's like we always send this product. It's not uh, this podcast. It's not a uh, like we're not these people just to 
like you know take a dump on companies just for the sake of that we want yeah. them to improve and to bring more customer service and to just be better all around better at communicating like it's pointing out the bad to hopefully you know bring a change and bring an improvement and shed a light on something yeah exactly it's never just to you know you know just to do it yeah because i feel like a a lot of the internet is kind of people just doing it and outrage culture isn't it exactly and and like if if ea you know massive turnaround no microtransactions I would be completely like, I love EA, you know, mm. like what a company. Like, yeah. A lot of people wouldn't, they'd still, they'd still find something wrong with it, but that's what we're like, at least yeah. on uh, I, how we try to be on this podcast. Where it's I mean, like, it's a prime example of that is it during the Xbox uh, one generation, I hated Microsoft. Mm-hmm. I thought they were ruining their exclusives. They were pumping out <laughs> bad games. They were making awful, awful anti-consumer, anti-community decisions against their gamers. Yeah. Like, it was just an absolute dumpster fire. Like, and I was considering, you know, jumping ship and going to Sony. <gasps> and now, like this generation's rocked around and, you know, Microsoft have done, the turnaround is astonishing, you know? Mm-hmm. It's just, we talk about it all the time this podcast, but, uh, so I don't feel like I probably need to go into it again, but just, just like, you know, that is a prime example, like, we yeah. we're on your side as long as you start, you know, like being on our cool side. stuff. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. So Sony, you still have a chance. All right. I hate you now, but <laughs> you're slowly redeeming. <laughs> Once yourself. he gets all his exclusives. The more, yeah, literally <laughs> the more exclusives I get, the more I like you. <laughs> and I so far have mm, horizon zero dawn is the only one I've which been is interested great. in, which is great. But I've never I, played it, but I watched the streamer. Souls. I have to say, Bradley, I, I, I remember after your review, I was like, oh, that's interesting. I watched a streamer actually like three weeks ago play it. And oh, I was right. like, oh my God, this game's amazing. Mm-hmm. It's like, really I was blown good. away. I was like, but I don't know why. I'm, I'm, like, I thought it was good. And then after your review, I was like, oh, it sounds really good. But then when you actually watch the gameplay and someone good playing it, you're like, whoa, this is it's actually really impressive. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah, typical Sony blockbuster game as well, like <laughs> like movie moments. But anyway, moving on to my second piece of news, and it is it's just a very short one. Um, and I actually just wanted to talk about: Have you seen the Rainbow Six Siege board game? No. <laughs> I just it's something that's being developed, like, like inter, like as in like it's a, a computer a physical, game, board game, no or physical, a physical oh. tabletop game. I'm pretty sure. Um, and, and the reason I wanted to talk about it is just because of the title. When I was like looking for news pieces, the title just got me. The official Rainbow Six Siege board game will include a line of sight ruler. <laughs> I just thought that sounded hilarious. Line of just, sight ruler. A line of sight ruler. How and does I, that even work? Exactly. <laughs> and I, I'm yet to figure it out. And apparently, it's a really complicated game. And to be fair, I can imagine that it would probably be similar to you know chess having operators oh i mean tabletop games in general uh, are you know you you have to read about two not even that you need to read about 30 pages (laughs) of an in-game guide like uh, for someone who's played warhammer tabletop like that's a living nightmare to get your heads around the first time (laughs) see i can imagine it and and yeah it just i can just imagine getting this line of sight ruler out and just being like, actually, you weren't in my line of sight. (laughs) (laughs) Just calling people out on it. Um, Still, it sounds like it could be a cool thing. Um, I mean, I'm not really a tabletop person, but um, the idea of something like that does, Mm. it's kind of interesting to Uh, me. Yeah, I mean, 
I'd love to do more tabletop. The the big inhibitor for me is how expensive tabletop gaming is. Oh, are they really? Yeah, maybe, maybe when I'm old and retired, it's something I'd probably do for fun. What's um, so expensive buying the pieces? Well, and... I only know it from a, a Warhammer standpoint, but, yeah. you know, you could spend like £30 on one mini. Oh, wow. And you could spend like, uh, you know, maybe £20 on a box and then you need like five boxes for a small army, 10 boxes for a large army. Like, Oh God. You're talking, it's it's much more of like more than just a board game. It's a collector's thing. Yeah. Kind of because it, you know, at least with Warhammer, you buy it, you paint it all up and you uh, edit it. And, and a lot of it is uh, a lot of people like to kit bash and I like to kit bash where you will, because part of Warhammer is like, Hey, there's these space Marine chapters and part of it, games workshop been like, Hey, make your own chapter. So some people right. like will go crazy. Like there's this awesome conversion from like uh, God of War miniature materials where they made this like Space Marine chapter look like Spartans, mm-hmm. and it's it, it looks astonishing. It's so cool. cool. Um, but again, like it, it, just that that aspect costs like to kit it all out and stuff is just a fortune. Mm. Um, and mm-hmm. also then you have to transport it to your local store you know, unless you're lucky enough to have your own tabletop, set it all up, which takes, you know, ages. And then actually playing the game can take ages. Um, yeah, but I mean, it's great fun. And there's something about a tabletop game. I think it's because it's all on the dice. and It's all on the luck. Yeah. So like, it, I don't know. It's just you, just this anticipation of like, you never know what's going to happen. I think that, that people really get, get sort of into, you know. Mm-hmm. Have you ever been to a Warhammer store? Yeah, yeah. When I was a kid, all the time. I haven't been since I was an adult, though. Um, I, I, yeah, I don't know. I just, you like say, I could, I couldn't justify all that money. I still like to collect models and paint them from time to time, but I don't actually um, physically go and play. If that makes any sense nowadays. Right. Okay. Yeah. There was a when when I went to uni, there was a a store right near me, but I've never been in it. <laughs> it was always just there, and I was like. I didn't realize it was such a big thing, especially till you started talking about Warhammer. Yeah, I mean, I'm a massive geek, but even sometimes I walk in there and my skin starts crawling and I'm like, is this... <laughs> like, I don't know why, because I'm so geeky. I love, like, like you say, listen to me on this podcast. I'm so, like, just a massive geek about literally everything and anything. But yet yeah, sometimes I walk in the store and I feel awkward. <laughs> <laughs> and I just can't explain why. <laughs> they just take it to another level. <laughs> yeah, maybe. I don't know what it is. <laughs> um, but yeah, I always was the, I'd always look in and be like, hmm. But yeah, never never win in it. Um anyway, moving on to um what is my last piece of news. Uh which was actually quite a big thing. Did you see that Windows 11 got announced? Formally. No, I Formally announced. So Windows um, 10 has obviously been, um, God, I don't even know how long. It's probably been like... A, a while, is not it? Seven, eight years, maybe? Maybe more? Maybe less. I'm not very good with judging. I, 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 only remember, I only remember Windows 10 because my first laptop was when I went to uni, which wasn't that long ago. So I only have ever really used Windows 10. Um, but Windows 11 got formally announced because um, it was kind of leaked and rumoured, as always, with everything in, in, in terms of software. Yeah, in and the modern world. And, yeah, everything's leaked. Um, but it was formally announced, and uh, it looks really nice, to be fair. It, there's some things that I'm not so keen on. It looks a bit Mac-ified, and I'm like, mm, I hate Macs. 
as you know. Um, so I was kind of like, yeah, but it's not really just about the looks. There's some really cool features um, like direct storage. I'm not going to bore you with kind of all the little nitty gritties of the of the. Features. Here's the 10 list page of specs. <laughs> exactly. So um, the the kind of bit I wanted to talk about was the kind of controversy that's now surrounding it and that is um they've kind of released the the specifications of what you would need to be able to run um windows 11 and people are really kind of sort of annoyed with windows and sort of upset um because not everybody's going to get to run it and obviously everybody thought oh, yeah, of course i'll be able to run windows 11 you know it's not it's not it's just an operating yeah, it's system. a basic software exactly and think? they're like <laughs> it's not like a game it's not like oh i'm not gonna be able to run you know armor 3 or something like quite intensive um it's it's just an operating system and they've released their specs and they're not supporting processes pr uh, prior to the eighth gen which isn't that old like it's it's old but it's not that mm. old i mean mine is an eighth gen so i'm quite lucky to be fair um and because I, I built mine when the eighth gen came out but it's it's not like the seventh gen is going to be like unable to run it it just is weird that they're saying that it, it won't um <laughs> I'm just like, why are you just cutting off support at seventh? It's it's just such a weird thing. And so mm -hmm. people with obviously seventh gen CPUs are kind of like, well, why are we being left out? And then there's the other issue, which is um, TPM. So TPM is trusted platform model. Um, and they basically say that you need to have TPM 2.0. Um, and not everything obviously has TPM. It's it's just a standard, but not everything has it. Or there's the issue, say, like I'm in, where um, you have TPM uh, available to you, but you don't have what's called a TPM module. So you, you actually need to buy one and put it onto your motherboard. Um, and then this is obviously creating even more um, problems because people are like, well, why do I need this? Like, this was never needed before. Um, what, why can't I run Windows 11 if I have everything but the TPM module and and obviously they're like mm. you need it <laughs> just just stop just, just get it questions. man just get exactly it. <laughs> just 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 get it um which then brings me on to something I found out recently um which is scalping is now becoming a thing with TPM modules which what? exactly you've probably never heard of TPM no until now and I I have heard of it because obviously I I studied the um like in in computing so it was something i learned but i i never even looked into whether i had tpm because it's to do with encryption and security for your system and i've never had anything sensitive on my pc and i've i've never had the you know the worry that someone's going to steal my pc um so i've never really cared about kind of encryption and security on the actual pc itself yeah. um and I looked into it and I was like, oh, well, that's fine. TPM modules are only like tiny little things. They'll probably be like a fiver. They've gone from like five, 10 pound straight up to hundreds already. Oh my God. Because people are buying them up and selling them, knowing that people are going to be trying to get them for Windows 11. And I'm just so disgusted with the people that, you know, are in this kind of industry of scalping because mm. it's going to be the same people that have you know bought loads of graphics cards bought loads of ps5 bought loads of xbox series x's yeah and now they're doing the exact same thing with tpm modules i mean it's just, it's just so sad yeah i mean i nearly caved the other day i found an xbox uh series x for 690 pounds that's not bad uh it's not bad but it's a lot more than what you pay for it in a store what's the retail price 
I think the retail price is like £460-ish. It's around okay. that, isn't it? So we're talking like an extra like 200-ish quid. Still not bad. Still, it's still like, not bad. That, the, other, uh, the upper echelon one I saw was like 780 And I was like, Whoa. But also, like, you've got no guarantee like oh, this yeah. thing works or is in the right state or is like there's no manufacturer's guarantee. Like, I just think it's a terrible idea. Like, I desperately want a next-gen console, but... And then there was one I was looking at, and the specs looked wrong. I was like, have they bolted it and gutted it and then put, like, oh, yeah. random shit, uh, random stuff in it? <laughs> you know, like... Yeah, it's, it is a worry. I could never do it. I mean, one, I, I it's the principle of paying that, that price hike to someone else just because they bought it. And Especially you when you one. don't know what they've done to it as well. Yeah, and then there's that. There's just not knowing. You know, they could have they could have like spilt something in it, and it like suddenly it's it only works like fifty percent of the time. So when you see it, it's like oh fine, and then it will just crash after like yeah, and then you've hours. already given them eight hundred pounds. Exactly. So you, yeah, I could never do it. Um, and I just think scalping is such a a scummy industry that people buy into. I I, I also think that you shouldn't ever buy into scalping. I'm glad you haven't, Kate. No, I, d- I just, there's two, for me, I'm very much like, you know, a stickler in a lot of ways. Like I'm desperate yeah. for one. And cause you know, there's, you know, the new Halo probably coming out unless it gets delayed again. Play out on PC. End of the year. Uh, yeah, but you know what I'm like, Bradley? I, I like it. I, <laughs> I know I, what you're like, but that's why I'm saying. I love do the it. comfort you can. of my bed. <laughs> you can do like, this, Chris. Like, yeah but if I it means know. halo or no I, I do have a weird you know i have a weird thing about like in my brain strategy games are on my laptop and <laughs> shooters and rpgs and other stuff unless they're like a isometric or top-down rpg okay i always play that on the uh on the lap on the old uh, laptop fair enough um but just because you know they're sort of is halo coming out on xbox one yes Okay, so you'd still be able to play it. It would be... I feel like you're doing yourself a disservice. Oh, Um, yeah. Like, it's the same we talked about with the new Battlefield. Like, Mm -hmm. there's going to be restrictions. There's going to be... Oh, they they halved it, didn't they? They, Yeah. The players goes down to 64. So if they've halved it, then uh, similar stuff surely has to happen to Halo Infinite. Um, on the back yeah. step, right? I think, don't get me wrong, I love that they've made a uh, inferior version. Um, as long <laughs> as it's not a cyberpunk issue where it comes out and it doesn't, doesn't run. Yeah. Apparently that's got to a point where they've they've classified it stable. Now it's, it's... Yeah, I mean, that's a game I'd love <laughs> to go back to, you know? So I That's might... a game that I will go to eventually. I still have it installed <laughs> since I might, Christmas. Might boot it up and have a little, little look. Because like I say, I, I enjoyed that game. It was just so broken Mm -hmm. yeah yeah so that's uh all for my news pieces i just wanted to do a quick psa though um we always talk about how amazing the value of game pass is and um i noticed recently it was actually my brother that told me if if you want to to get game pass at the minute it is three months of game pass ultimate for one pound um and i don't think gaming could ever have more value than that Mm. (laughs) that is insane value you could play so many games in three months you know if you're someone who's maybe at school and you've got the the summer holidays coming up you will be able to get so much played (laughs) if you were anything like what um what i was like back when i was Mm. in school spending the summer indoors instead of out 
Um, so yeah, just just wanted to. So what? That. So basically, three months of all the content on the Game Pass for under a tenner, for one pound. Oh god, it's not even three pound, pound per month, is it? No, it's, it's one pound. Three pounds and three. Three pounds. Three months of Ultimate for one pound. Yeah. So you will pay thirty p, pretty much thirty three p recurring wow. a month, for, for what two hundred games plus now at this point. Yeah, I mean, obviously, and that's on PC, that's on Xbox, and that includes your Xbox Live Gold. Yeah, and and also if you're on PC, there's PC exclusives. There's a mm-hmm. lot of great strategy games. Uh, yeah. Age of all the Age of Empires are, are on the PC Game Pass now. Such huge value. So so go be free go be free well it's interesting uh, actually because there's been a uh, segue into my news there's been a get, bit of game pass discussion recently mm-hmm. um and that's kind of revolving around and this is an argument we've heard for a while that game pass and it's an argument me and you dispute but the game pass is just a bad beta tester right I don't think it is. I, I I disagree, but I do have to admit they have unfortunately had some very buggy and bad launches on the Game Pass in recent memory. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, the one we talked about was Outriders, which uh, you know I think was more a technical issue because they weren't expecting the onslaught of players that the service yeah. um, received. Mm-hmm. And then the most recent one is Dungeons and Dragons Dark Alliance. <laughs> Which is a guilty pleasure of mine. But have you played um, it? Yeah, yeah, me and Jack play it. I, um, but um, my God, it is so. I mean, I know Jack likes it, but it is wonky, Bradley. And yeah, because I, I, I decided no. I was, I was like, I can't. It, yeah, it got like a bad on IGN, and for IGN to give it a bad. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I think it's a mediocre game. Um, I really enjoy it for sort of the characters and, and there's parts of it that are amazing. The voice acting is amazing. The music is amazing. Uh, the storyline is interesting. The creature design is awesome. The environmental design is You're awesome. not sounding like mediocre. You're sounding so, like... <laughs> so they're the positives. Oh, okay. Then the gameplay is like just horrendous. Uh, Why does which Jack is... like it then? I thought Jack would get very bored. Because it's just it kind horrendous. of dumb, fun, where me and Jack just you know repeatedly button mash things and run around together and <laughs> scream and it's really fun old school co-op right but yeah but a lot of people have said and the, the i think the ign review said it, it feels like a game from the 360 era and it really does um it just looks nicer right right um but you know so many bugs so many technical issues so many crashes so it's just a broken mess Uh, And and like I say, it's such a shame because I just listed off. There's, you know, there are positives. Like I say, the voice acting, I love the art design, the environmental design, but then you play it and it just plays like a piece of brick. And like, (laughs) it's just, yeah, like I say, it's it's a shame. Um, But going back to my point, this has sparked a discussion that it's not looking so great for Game Pass because they've had these these two massive games they've advertised and been like, these are the standout game that's coming with your, you know, this month. And they've kind of just been these technical disasters. Mm-hmm. Um, so some people have, you know, gone back to the claim, oh, it's just a glorified, um, you know, beta system. But I watched a, a lot of people sort of go back and forth on this and talk about it. And, and one of the content creators I really like, he sort of said about how he feels like this is more of an industry issue. Right. In the fact that these games were coming out and Microsoft just said, 
here's a load of money, stick it on the Game Pass. Because yeah. these games would have come out in the exact same way anyway. Oh, yeah, definitely. So it's kind of like, at least for Game Pass subscribers, you haven't paid money out of your pocket for this. Yeah, the only person that's losing out really is Microsoft. Yeah, I mean, in, in a reputation sense. Yeah, which, well, I suppose, a... and the companies that are releasing bad games. <laughs> yeah, um, but like I say, I love, I love Outriders, and I, I, despite myself, weirdly enjoy Dark Alliance. Um, <laughs> that's so strange. But like, I would, if I, I, this is a game that Dark Alliance I probably would have paid for, um, and I would have been so upset. But because I got it on the Game Pass... I've actually enjoyed it, uh, you know, despite myself, because it's part of a service I'm paying for already. And, you know, it's kind of just a bit of dumb fun for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so like I say, it's a double-edged sword because it, it just damaged the reputation of Game Pass a little bit. Uh, yeah. and, and a lot of people said, Microsoft, look, you need to do a better job vetting these games. But at the same breath, it's kind of like, that would be an absolute you know insane amount of work to vet and check all these games and definitely the amount that they've got under their belt now mm, i mean how do you feel do you sort of i still think it's huge value because the thing is is people are looking at the new games coming out um but they're not looking at the titles that are amazing that are mm. already on there especially all the old games that they've improved with updates and uh you know unlocked frame rates and stuff like that yeah exactly there's so many on there that you know, a, f- a fan favorites and, 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 you know, people hate obviously everything on the internet, but they're games <laughs> like Halo and, and Gears that they've just got on there, you know, re- re- and people love those. Like, it's not <laughs> a case of, oh, they're, they're kind of good games. They are revered. <laughs> they're I loved. mean, it's got to be, I was thinking about this the other day, actually, like, it's got to be amazing to be a new like, kid, to be, to be a young kid who's, who's bought the newest Gears of War. And then mm-hmm. maybe you've got the Game Pass and you see all the old ones. Like I envy people who, who start at like number five and now get to like go yeah. back and yeah. replay all the old ones. Because that's one of the reasons I don't have Game Pass normally is because I've pretty much played everything that I would want to play that's on there. Mm. Whereas the, the amount of excitement I would get as a kid, like discovering a game franchise that I absolutely love and then finding out I could have all of them and just one place and just be able to play through all of them for like, you know, a pretty decent price. Um, it's just insane. And it, there's so much on there and there's so many different genres and things. I think it's unfair to just look at how Microsoft are dealing with the, the new things, um, especially because, you know, we haven't had that many new ones come out so far, um, mm. you know, and especially after that E3 where it's like, this is coming to Game Pass for day one. This is coming. Yeah. I think we'll see more in the future what it's going to be like. Um, but I don't think it's anything to do with Microsoft or the Game Pass. I, I do think it is just down to the developers mm. and the way they they're dealing with releasing games. You know, yeah. how do you release a game as as buggy as you've made Dungeons and Dragons? To, to sadly, like, how do you do that? How do you how do you let that release? It just it feels really weird to allow that to go forward. Yeah, I mean, part of me feels bad for them because it is only their second game. But yeah. then you have like The Witcher Assassin of Kings is only the second game from CD Projekt Red. And that Wait, game... Wait, did they not make ga- any games before The Witcher? Um, maybe. I might be wrong in this regard. Um, but I'm pretty sure 
it, one of their earliest ones. It is, it is very... I think Witcher 3 was only their fifth title, if I remember correctly. Wow. So, like... The, the, so you the, can't you can't be like oh, like I'll have to do I'll have right. to do some research and let everyone know next week. But I know I I think The Witcher might have, the first Witcher was I think their first video game or maybe their second video game project. Like, but it was a big leap mm-hmm. from what, maybe if they had a little something to start. But um, yeah, The Assassins of Kings is uh, maybe the second or third one they ever made, and that's an amazing like leap in quality. From yeah. like the first Witcher. I never played the first one. No, well, I did, but I never owned it, so I didn't really <laughs> understand it. Um, what do you mean? Like, is it it's, new... a, it's a PC game. Uh, so I played it okay. in the good old days. We used to sort of sit around your mate's com- uh, computer and uh, play it, and I didn't really understand it. And, it, and then I, I sort of didn't know what it was. And then when Witcher Two came out, I didn't remember which one that well um so much so that i'd say two was really my entry to the franchise yeah and then i remember playing witcher one way later when i saw some some videos of it like after witcher three came out Mm -hmm. um and i was like oh my god that's the first witcher because Geralt looks terrifying in witcher one he's really snake like isn't he Uh, yeah really pale and serpent like Yeah, which one just seems like a weird game. I, it I'd does. Love, I'd love to play it. Uh, if they did like a, a console, you know, special edition or something, I would buy that and I would probably complain how janky it is, but I'd probably still <laughs> love it, you know. Sounds like me. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, that was the... Unless you've got anything else to add, I'll, I'll move on to my next uh, no, no. news. So I've got some uh, little tidbits, these next two ones, three. They're quite small. We got uh, first was sort of rumor that Dead Space is going to get a revival with EA. Ooh, it's exciting! Uh, mm-hmm. Bearing in mind a lot of resentment is directed at EA for essentially killing that franchise. Oh, why? What with three, or just stopping yeah. it? Well, I think more stopping it. I think there was resentment that they tried to turn free into like this action game, and it moved away from it. Was, it became like a carp action game with horror elements. Right. As opposed to the first two, which are these really dark, gritty, third person, uh, you know, horror games with sort of action elements. Mm-hmm. But they, the first two are really these awful horrors that really get under your skin. And then the third one's kind of like, hey, it's got co-op and there's another guy. And you're like, you know, they went for this real, I don't know, more just action gun ho approach and it didn't really fit the franchise so i think people were upset one in the direction and i think that was meant to be blamed on ea for trying to ramp it up it was like ea didn't realize that they had this awesome niche action game and right. ea were like look we got we got look at mass effect 3 we got to ramp this bad boy up people like explosions <laughs> people don't want this atmospheric horror stuff nah um, I mean, I like Dead Space Three, which is a very. I've never played opinion. three. I've played one and two, but I've never played three. They're very. It's very different. Um, I'd recommend you play it because um, I don't think it's a bad game. It's just not play really... co-op or on my own. Uh, co-op, quite fun. I mean, that's what it's designed for. So. Um, oh, it is designed. It's not like an extra. It was so, designed. So you, you can do it by yourself, um, but obviously they made it with carp in mind, right? 
Right. Okay. Um, but I really like it. I mean, I know it's an unpopular opinion, and it's not as good as the first two, and I prefer the direction of the first two, but I still don't think it's a bad game. Maybe mm-hmm. if it wasn't a Dead Space game, um, it would be better received. And people or maybe like, like a it. spin-off rather than being like three. Yeah. But they've yeah. done that. Yeah. Um, but, but this is sort of news is exciting because... Uh, they're talking about this this rumor talk about it's going to be revived and they're going to really like you know focus in on this horror atmospheric like really go back to its roots mm-hmm. and i think ea is at a place now where they realize story games can do good and they realize there's a fan base for this it's kind of like the way they seem to have been pushing bioware to revive mass effect with mass effect 4 it's like mm-hmm. EA of look, look, we've damaged these IPs and we've made bad decisions. <laughs> we've damaged them. But we're going to try to kind of... Um, They're broken now. <laughs> yeah, but, but I mean, I, I think this is a brilliant thing. Uh, I hope this rumor is true and um, I can't wait to, to see what they sort of do with it, you know? Yeah, definitely. Um, so that was a, a little one. Uh, the second little one I've got is um, Total War released a little tease trailer today. Right. Which is very exciting because um, it's for Total War Warhammer 2, uh, which is obviously the, not the one that's coming out. It's the current one. The, yeah, I was going to say it's the one. What are they teasing? <laughs> so it's got one last DLC. Before, no way. <laughs> uh, yeah, before um, number three comes out. And I'm really excited for it because it's um, a chameleon skink versus a minotaur legendary lord. Okay, please explain. <laughs> so a chameleon skink is this like little four foot dude like there's ones that you you click so say you've got a jab they're amazing because they're kind of memes kind of little lizard creatures oh and you okay click, you click on them and the javelin skinks got hala skinks <laughs> and i just love it it's just so cute. good um and then they're like they they i just skinks are just really cool um these you know four foot tall little and uh, one part of their roster is the chameleon skinks because these right. are within the lizard men um, the chameleon skinks are these really little four foot tall dudes who uh, have like active camouflage. Imagine them as like giant. Um, what are those lizards that actually like camouflage to their environment in real life? Chameleons. Yeah. Well, yeah. Chameleons. Well, they're called <laughs> chameleon skinks. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> I was going to say. <laughs> but basically there's a story about one of them who's like this badass, who's like probably the best or one of the best assassin characters in the Warhammer fantasy setting. Right, and he's just this little dude with a blowpipe, and he runs around. <laughs> and it, it, bear in mind, he's like this crazy little dude. He's like famous for like killing like greater demons. Oh god! So you know, like that like demon that you saw in like the Warhammer Free trailer. Yes, like this little midget like eats them for breakfast, <laughs> and I love it. And it, and he's and he's going up against um, Torox the Brass Bull, which is a Beastman legendary lord, and he's a giant minotaur who his body is made out of bronze. Oh, and it looked the it looks awesome. And uh, in the sort of um, we've had some little teasers at the units, and it's looking like this is going to be the biggest Lord pack they've ever done. Like they really look like they're going to go out on like a high note. Okay, um, which is exciting. Um, and we got a tease trailer today talking about the FLC. So for people who've listened before, people who haven't. Uh, Warhammer when they release DLC always do FLC alongside it which is uh, so every major release gets a, gets a free downloadable pack release right that just comes when you update the game mm-hmm. um, and uh, they were teasing their FLC so they had all the like 
I don't know, 18 or 20 FLCs throughout Warhammer 2's life cycle. Mm-hmm. And they showed them all off. And then they get to the end. And then it goes, coming in the next Lord pack, a free legendary Lord. Ooh. A new unit, free Ooh. unit. And then, and then the next one was called, uh, I think it was Legendary Reinforcements. <laughs> and everyone is like, what the hell is this? And you've got people like hawk-eyed people who are like, right, well, in the Empire's campaign, there's a reinforcement mechanic. So maybe it's got something to do with that. And it's like <laughs> these, these people are going like into really intense detail. And it's like, but that's really vague and kind of weird. Yeah. Um, and one of the, the content creators that's like a, um, a partner of creatives like a uh, they really give him like early builds and stuff has said that he's very excited about it so i'm kind of hoping it's just going to be because this is the last pack we're getting for two i'm hoping they're going like mad and going to give us loads of content uh, as like a big thank you for supporting the game for like its yeah. life cycle i Aww. mean we'll see what happens um but that's what i'm hoping it's going to be and because of how vague it is they're either gonna you know do something big and everyone's gonna love it or they've built themselves a rabbit hole because now everyone's speculating going crazy. <laughs> <laughs> and they're going to be like, oh, it's wasn't a free like keepsake. <laughs> like, free wallpapers. Mm. For your desktop. <laughs> you know, like... <laughs> yeah. Um, so it could be a double-edged sword. But that was the little tease we got today. Cool. And it was just kind of fun. Um, and then I will move on to... Um, the last piece of news I have, and that is we got a load of little tidbits about um, Halo, Halo Infinite. So there was, um, in the wake of E3, they released uh, a load of sort of videos from Halo Official, and then they also have done three or four, um, I think they called them Cannon Fodder, and they're literally like these uh, official documents from like Halo Waypoint that break down certain aspects of new releases and different details. Yeah. And there was so much revealed. So feel free to jump in if you think I've missed anything, Bradley. <laughs> but um, we got some details about the grappling hook and how uh, in Halo Infinite, like uh, equipment is returning and stuff, uh, which was like an, a feature in Halo 3. So you'd, you'd walk up to it and it would automatically pick it up and then you could use it. Um, and we got revealed that you can use the grappling hook to pull the equipment towards you or to grab an energy sword and pull that towards you. So mm-hmm. no more do you have the days of dashing for that rocket launcher and the annoying guy grabs it before you do because you can just grapple, it hook, grapple hook it as soon as you run around the corner. So what I couldn't work out is, does everybody always have a grappling hook or is that yeah. also something you pick up? It's the, the grappling hook is embedded in the armor. It's, okay. it's, it's the replacement for the thrusters. It's uh, kind of the new mobility aspect. So they took out the thrusters and yeah. put the grappling hook in. Okay. Yeah. And it looks really cool because they've played, they talked about how the physics works and how there's kind of this cool, um, yeah, they talked about Halo Waypoint, how you can do these crazy things in the campaign. Like you can use it to board vehicles if there's like a banshee flying towards you. Oh, like you cool. shoot it and grab. And <laughs> like there's like people have used it apparently in the campaign where. Uh, a wraith shot a warthog the warthog blew up and they grappled hooked the wreckage in the air and then like flew over the top of the wraith and rocket launched it and then grapple (laughs) hooked back to the like it sounds like you can do these really cool sort of like because obviously spartans are tough and you're strong and you can smash through vehicles through the way the boarding works in halo 
but the yeah. biggest disadvantage was getting close enough, right? <laughs> exactly. Um, I hated that walk. <laughs> in especially like in the Halo. old games. Yeah, like Halo 1, 2, and 3. You just walk in towards a wraith and then it just decides to back up in the campaign. <laughs> and, and, and for me, that was always one of the coolest aspects of, especially Halo 3 as a kid, like finding out you could board stuff and just like hijack a, cho- a yeah. group chopper or like, I don't know, I spent hours like getting up behind the wraiths and just punching it with your bare Spartan hands until it blows up. Like, <laughs> so sad. It's, it's such a cool aspect of Halo um, that you get from super soldiers and these super suits. So I'm, I'm, I'm really liking how they're going back to a more classic gameplay, but they're still trying to think about how to reinvent it. Yeah. And one of the pieces of equipment that they revealed is a, I can't remember the name of it, but it's basically a reversal shield. So I've always hated in um, hey, in Halo how if someone's got a fuel rod cannon pinned on you or a Spartan laser, you're pretty much dead, right? Like that's it. It hits you. Goodbye, Spartan. Yeah. Well, if you pick up this piece of equipment and you're quick enough, so it's skill-based, you can activate it and it will reflect the... Uh, projectile back at the enemy <laughs> so he spartan lasers you That's you so deploy cool. the equipment boom laser back at him or like <laughs> a tank the scorpion shoots a, a shell at you shield up shell goes back at the scorpion like it, you have to be quick because obviously like, so powerful though for people that are going to be really good with it oh like the additional of the grappling hook like there's gonna be sweaties who are sprinting around the battlefield <laughs> grabbing the energy sword before you've even <laughs> spawn with uh, the grappling hook and then a slide like you know people are gonna you know you have like grappling hook lineups you know just like <laughs> rollouts yeah i mean custom games would be wild which is kind of exciting because custom games is, is wild even without the grappling hook and all these crazy elements. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so that was exciting. We got some customization news, which was very cool for me. Um, so in the customization news, they showed off a load of Halo Reach inspired ar- armors, a load of um, like free for free era redesigned armors and a load of like original Halo era armors. Mm-hmm. So they've sort of, they're using this like gen three as like a baseline. And then within that, they're trying to create like a a consistent art style, but also like have, this is clearly inspired by the stuff like people loved in four and five. This is clearly inspired by the armor they had in reach, like stuff like that. So there's Mm -hmm. a lot more sort of choice involved, which is really cool. And Bradley, you'll be pleased to know that you can choose. I think they called it the Mark, uh, Mark six or seven, Type B, and it's Master Chief's armor from Halo 4 and 5 for multiplayer. Yes. Uh, just redesigned in Halo Infinite's engine. But it looks cool. just like his... Because I know you love that armor set. His 4, yeah, his 4 and 5. I think Where, that's probably his best look. Whereas I'm a, I'm a stickler for um, the big, chunky Mark 5. No, sorry, I'm a st- stickler for the big, chunky Mark 4, which is technically not in any of the mainstream Halo games. It's in Halo Wars. Um, but that's the original Spartan suits. Mm-hmm. And then you've got the Mark V, which I also love, which is the Combat Evolved suit, which um, is ridiculously look at, looking in most of the games, but it gets a really nice redesign in one of the Halos. I can't remember which one it is. Um, but yeah, they sort of talked about how it, it's just all these different really cool armor choices and you have so much sort of variety. And yeah. for the first time ever in multiplayer... Um, it's so they've gone to like a color shader system okay. where you unlock different like color shaders um, instead of 
which some people are against, some people really like. Kind of, How do you I guess feel about it? it? Uh, it's mixed because I like the idea that you can choose your own colors, right? Yeah. Um, but some of these shaders are amazing and are far better than something that I could make up in the little color creator. <laughs> um, if that makes any sense. Yeah, no, it does. Because they're these beautifully pre-designed, pre-des- like, awesome color schemes, right? Mm-hmm. So it's a mixed bag for me. I, I, I don't like the fact it feels like customization has been taken away from the player, but I also think some of the color schemes are amazing looking. Yeah. Um, and the thing that's so cool about this customization news is that um, for the first time ever in multiplayer, your Spartan will look exactly the way you designed him. There is no more red versus blue. Yeah, I saw that as well. I was like, that is in awesome. not the video. I just watched the gameplay and I was like, that person's yellow. That person's green. Mm. That person. <laughs> and I was like, they've taken away the color. Yeah. Like, so, so this has raised some concerns um, from hardcore fans who are like, oh my God, I don't know what I'm going to do now that their enemy team's not red and I'm I can't not tell the colours. Um, <laughs> That's so sad. But they've talked, there's a colourblind assist. <laughs> yeah, they, they've talked about how the interface um, is changed. So obviously red name bars and red sort of health bars are yeah, above so enemies I mean. I'm and blue they, ones are over allies. And also enemies will have a red hue around them while allies have like a blue hue. Okay. So... Um, it's kind of like, I want to say it's going to be quite obvious, but I know some people will struggle with this, but they have said how the UI can be increased or decreased. So I'm assuming if you want, you can increase the outline of red or, you know, um, change the alliance colorings and stuff. Uh, So if you want to have Spartans running around with giant red blobs around them, I am sure you can just (laughs) ramp up that slider, right? Um, Yeah, probably. But I think it's just something you'll just get used to. It'll just take a little bit of time and then uh, you're good to go. I think that's better though. I hated the fact you always had to be red or blue. And the other little... Yeah, and it was such a shame because you spent so long making your Spartan, changing the colour and changing the suit, and then you got into it where you just every armour option was just turned red or blue. (laughs) And sometimes it would ruin the design. Mm -hmm. And you'd be like, oh, it looks awful now. (laughs) Um, But but yeah, it's a great decision. Uh, It's really cool. And they also talked about how we know that Infinite's going to be a live service game. So... um, they talked about how they're very interested in potentially having your Spartan, um, like the way it works in Halo Reach, becoming part of the campaign packs they add in the future. Okay. So as in, you know, the way Noble Six works, where he's a silent protagonist in the cutscenes. Yeah. Some of the future, um, you know, updates that add campaign stuff, they'll do campaign stuff where it doesn't necessarily have to be Chief. It can be your Spartan. For oh, multiplayer. I like that. Which is really cool and really yeah. fun. And like I say, they're talking about how this game's probably going to be around for, you know, I mean, they said 10 years, but that seems a bit ambitious to me. Mm. Um, but, you know, even if you get a good four years out of this, they'll pump content into this like mad. Like, Yeah, I was going to say, you can definitely get a, a long time out of it. Mm. 10, maybe not. <laughs> yeah, I, th- I think four or five is, a, is probably a, a good... For six years, maybe. I mean, but 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 I, I think we might be sitting here in ten years. Well, they did it. <laughs> yeah, and there's there's um, two other aspects before I sort of move away from this. Uh, the first is we got. So, if you're a Halo fan, you might know that three four three have always been afraid of 
um, non-canon armors. Right. So this arose originally because Halo 3 had a non-canon armor set. The Halo Booster. Hayabusa? Hayabusa. Hayabusa. Uh, which is obviously based on uh, Ninja Gaiden, I'm pretty sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Jin um, Hayabusa or Ryu Hayabusa, one yeah, of the Yeah, and, and it's an awesome armor set. It was an armor set you could only get if you finished the game on Legendary with all the skulls on, I think. Yeah, It was a reward like in Halo 3. And now there's a lot of bitter people because you can just run around with it anyway um, in Master Chief Collection. <laughs> but um, 343 have always been hesitant to do non-canon armors. Right. No idea why. But, yeah, it's really weird. But they sort of recently talked about how one of the armors that you saw in the gameplay, there's like a samurai armor. Yep. And that apparently... So, so it, cool. Yeah, it looks awesome. But apparently that's a non-canon armor. Um, Fair enough. And uh, Joseph Stratton and a few of the other devs have said how, uh, you know, obviously they want to include armors from across all the franchise and put it in this unifying system. And they've talked about how every update will bring new armors and new bits and bobs, right? Um, but one thing they talked about wanting to do was do more non-canon armor sets. And people have been saying, you know, we could get a Doom Slayer armor set. We could get a COG-inspired armor set, you know, the soldiers That's from so Gears cool. of War. Yeah. We could get a Dover Keen-inspired <laughs> armor set. <laughs> we could get um, one that I really like the sound of. People said, what about a, a Fallout-inspired power armor yeah design like with all the ips that microsoft own the possibilities are kind of almost endless and uh i just think oh a doomslayer one give me a doomslayer one yeah we need a crossover now come on so good um but yeah and um i think that was more or less everything the only other thing they talked about was we are going to get um they're going back to some suits of armor will be campaign unlocks. Nice. So they'll be the ones I'm wearing. So, so back to the glory days of this guy's a badass Cause he's wearing the armor that you only get for completing it solo on legendary. Right. <laughs> um, and then the glory days of, Oh, he did the VidCon master challenges. So he's wearing the fabled recon armor. Oh, that those were the days. Those were the days. But um, <laughs> so stuff like that's going to be returning. Oh, and the other aspect, sorry, the last thing I, f- I nearly forgot about was, did you hear about how they're going to do their battle passes, Bradley? Yes. Endless. So good. Yeah. Limit- so, limitless. <laughs> so the way it works is, is, is essentially each battle pass will be paid for. So like Fortnite or whatever, you'll pay your five or seven pounds for the battle pass. Yeah, which again is a free-to-play game. It, the campaign is well, paid the element. the multiplayer is free to play. Yes. Yeah. Um. But so every season and the first season, you'll be pleased to know, Bradley is called. I think it's either Armors or Heroes of Reach. Cool. So the first season cool. battle pass is completely themed around Halo Reach. Um, but can I justify a battle pass? But here's the good news. Does it come with the campaign? What? The battle pass. <laughs> what for Halo Reach? Yeah, like there's in like you, you buy the campaign, you get the first battle pass free. Because otherwise I'm like cosmetics. I can't pay for the cosmetics. Yeah, I mean my thing is I'm sure I kinda like the idea I mean I the thing that's cool is you'll get you get to see everything that's on the battle pass before you about pay for it, right? 
Oh, that's really good. Um, so it, they talked about how it will work exactly like the passes, the free passes you get on Master Chief Collection work, where you can see all the rewards um, from the get-go, and then in Master Chief, they're free, so you just choose how you progress, right? Mm-hmm. But in Infinite, they'll be paid for, um, but once you've bought a pass, it is always there, and you can. it doesn't leave at the end of the month. It will Which be permanently so there. Good. I can't imagine paying for a pass and then not being able to finish it. Yeah. So, so, and, and then again, when the next one comes out, you can buy that pass and then just move from pass to pass. Mm-hmm. So you can go, I will progress this one and then I'll go back to progressing this one. Well, how many people are going to like stack up passes by accident from not playing for a while? Or and end up with like, <laughs> this, is gonna this is going to be you. passes. This is going to be you. Because you have so many games to play and you'll be like, oh, I've got like 10 passes I need to progress. <laughs> Literally. And then there'll be like a suit of armor that I want in each pass that's near the end. <laughs> and then I just never get any of them. Um, but but yeah. Um, so that was all I had. You got anything else to add on, on Halo related no, they, news? They, they seem to be doing a really good job with how they're going about this with the whole free-to-play model. I think it's it's going to be really interesting and really kind of, a nice step forward for the franchise, um, yeah, especially actually. having kind of PC and, and console releasing at the same time for like the first time ever. Yeah, I mean, I absolutely adore playing with um, PC players on um, Halo Reach. Mm-hmm. Uh, like even uh, just the other day, I was playing some Halo Reach Firefight and me and the PC players were storming, <laughs> massacring. Like, I think mean, there was like two deaths in total for the entire like heroic <laughs> firefight. I was like, yes! they were just like gods with their reaction time and i was like oh must keep up (laughs) um yeah but i mean i consider myself a very good halo player but uh people on pc are just wild (laughs) they they bully you online (laughs) (laughs) yeah but um that was all i had to say on that really um Mm -hmm. so are you ready to move into our review for the week i am ready Nice. So we've actually got a joint review this week. Yeah. Um, we're going to be talking about, because we both finally finished it, um, <laughs> the Mass Effect Legendary Edition. Oh. So uh, I think we'll just we'll get underway. I've made some um, sort of bullet points so we can try and stay on point and try to sort of go through it in an order that makes sense. In an orderly fashion. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I've just different talking points. So I thought we could start with an overview and just we'll go sort of game by game. Okay. Um, so what did you think of Mass Effect 1, considering it's had the most work put into it? And considering I've never actually played Mass Effect 1. Yeah, which I always <laughs> forget, and it's criminal. Yeah, because I started on 2. So, such a, it, it, Mass Effect 1, before we get into talking about what this does to Mass Effect 1 specifically, Mass Effect 1 is a fantastic foundation for the Mass Effect world. Definitely. Definitely. And, that, and that's kind of what I felt while playing it. It's it's a game that um, it it's old. And even like with all the kind of updates and like, you know, the, the combat still yeah, feels, still a, feels a bit clunky. Yeah. It does feel old. I so also feel like you got you much... got to love the uh, no magazines. Oh, yes. That that's was the I'm one thing. About. There was no worry about ammo. There, there's no worry. Did, did about you meet reloading. did you meet Comrade Werner as well? No, because in because in Mass Effect Three, you go talk to him on the Citadel, and he literally says, "Well, you gotta love that weapons don't overheat." And Shepard's like, "No, we've got thermal clips." And he's like, "What?" 
what do you mean thermal cliffs? They, they, they yeah. never overheat. And it's literally like the meta discussion. And Shepard's like, well, we invented thermal cliffs so the weapon would have more heat. And then Werner was like, but they run out of ammo now. <laughs> and I like, love that. They were having this back and forth discussion. And he's like, I'm sorry, Shepard, but that just doesn't make any sense. Oh, I love that. The the, I, the meta bit that I remember um, listening to was about the, uh, I think it was the Omnigel. Yeah. And they were like, in, in oh. number two. Yeah, he was like, I remember the days when you could just slap Omnigel, Omnigel on there and it would solve it. And it was like, yeah, people weren't happy about that really much needed security update. Oh, that was <laughs> a brilliant line. That's Liara, isn't it? On, yeah. Uh, in two. It was, oh, that was good. That was anyway. Good. Back, back, back to sort of track. Um, yeah, what did you think of, of Mass Effect One? Really good story. They, yeah. they, they've, you know, they've always for the tri- throughout the whole trilogy. The story is just it's linked so well. Yeah, it's it's center stage. It's the thing that kept me most interested in one. I can't mm. say I enjoyed the combat. It it really didn't <sighs> yeah. do much for me. It was kind of like, oh, I'm in combat, and then it was like, let's get this done, and then back to the story and i was really just kind of loving the main lines except for obviously the infinite ammo that's the best bit oh yeah that was also yeah i was literally just like uh especially because like there was a a really fun tactic to it as well by like getting especially with like the marksman abilities if you had any of those Mm. if you were a soldier yeah you get to that point where you're like did it and it's just about to go and then you overheat and then you get you know your marksman guy and it just felt really good and there was Mm. There was a lot of kind of tactical play with the with the overheating, with the abilities um, and stuff. Yeah, with the abilities and kind of linking things in. Um, again, I found the abilities so clunky to use. Yeah, um, I mean, in one bizarrely in one, the biotics are both terrifying and hilarious <laughs> because you can the physics in one are just insane. Like you'll hit, you'll do the throw and you'll chuck enemies miles and glitch them out of the map and you'll be like oh no i was doing that in three and i was it would break anyway we'll talk about three in a bit um what starting off then what class did you play as what is your mass so originally um for majority since i was a kid i've been a diehard soldier uh class oh but Bread and butter, sixty um, percent of players. <laughs> but because of Mass Effect um, Freeze multiplayer, I really fell in love with the Sentinel class. Okay. Um, so this time around, I decided to be a Sentinel. Um, and as much as I love the idea of Commander Shepard just being this really grizzled, tough soldier, I just love the gameplay of the Sentinel more. Right. If, so it's like it's hard because in my head canon, I'm like, I love this idea of Shepard not having magical biotics, not just being, being good a with soldier, tech, just being this rough, like super good soldier. But at the same time, from a gameplay perspective, I love the Sentinel class. Mm-hmm. So I did Sentinel this time around. What do you What do you play in Andromeda? Um, well, also Andromeda's Sentinel. weird because yeah, like you kind of just swap profiles per based on who you're fighting and what you're doing. And... Oh, I never swap. Yeah. What what class do I play? I usually play the explorer, which is the jack of all trades. Oh, okay. Yeah, fair enough. Mm. What 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 do I play? Go on. Uh, I I reckon you're either a vanguard or a um, adept. I'm a vanguard through and through. I knew I could. I could could see you uh, charging people. (laughs) My my shotgun. Exactly. Getting the fight done as quick as possible. It's high risk, 
high reward. It's all, it's such a bit of me. And I this, mean, Vanguard's where, especially if you played the multiplayer, Vanguard Krogan, you would, which is funny because I played Vanguard and I've always played Vanguard. I think I played a one, my first ever playthrough was a soldier in Mass Effect 2, and then I hmm. went to Vanguard. But anyway, I've always played Vanguards and I came into this one. I was like, do I play Vanguard? And was like, of course I'm going to play Vanguard. Um, but I remember I played Mass Effect 3 multiplayer as an engineer. Oh, really? I don't know like why. Like one of the worst classes, in yeah. my opinion. I had like the little like, flamethrower and the drone, and I was just like, this works. And I don't know uh, why. I have like, no idea why. The aliens why. were the best thing about Mass Effect multiplayer. Like you could do the, the, the um, charge, they... biotic charge, and then if you hit just hit B, instead of the pathetic little punch he does with the gun, you headbutt people as the Krogan. Wait, like, were full the, on headbutt. Were the classes um, species locked? Um, no, so, so uh, I could have played a human vanguard. It was all classes, and then within them there were different specialists, and each DLC and update added in more. Um, so, like there was one that was like a, a Krogan warlord, and if you held down B, he pulled out this massive hammer, and like it's like he's a brute chieftain. Like, it was I awesome. just can't figure out why I did that. I was such a young little boy. And I was—I just yeah. remember having my drone, having my incinerate. I, mean, I, I think I played every every class. Would that that would, would that you know? Maybe I thought because I was probably playing on my own. Maybe I thought that the drone would be nice little like companion. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's just as soon as you unlock like the Asari or the Turians or the Krogan, it's like you just forget about the humans in multiplayer. I found. Oh, I, I didn't play enough. I literally did it so I could get to that hundred percent. Like in some of the legendary classes you unlocked at the end, like there was a load of N seven human specialists that I did in towards the end that was super hard to unlock, but they were amazing. Like mm-hmm. just just ridiculously powerful. Um, and there was loads of stuff like that. And, you know, ME3's multiplayer ended up with like every race. Like you play as a drill, like you play as like a fame ripoff. You could play play anywhere near. You could play as a unshackled collector that was basically Javik, but put into um, a a, like unshackled collector body. So it was basically all of Javik's powers, but you were like a. A, a like green collector it was wicked it's so weird um but yeah so i am a vanguard through and through i don't know why i ever picked something different for the online but i have always played a vanguard and i will continue to do so um yeah. and i, I think mean... that's where mass effect one the combat really was just not great for me not, not vanguard <laughs> i don't get why they made the vanguard class for mass effect one because it doesn't really f- have a place can you only really shine when you're fighting like um, humanoid targets? I don't know what the point of the Vanguard is. <laughs> one, there's no charge. Can you not charge? <laughs> no. So what do you do? There's no get in, and there's no get out. So there's there's literally the, like the front of the fight is barrier, but then you might as well just be an adept. And it's like I don't know. I I really didn't enjoy the combat. That like I, I wouldn't say I really didn't, but I I was kind of like rushing through it on. Not just because I'm someone who likes to play, you know, things fast. I was rushing to it because it wasn't that interesting to me. Um, mm. But yeah, the story was so good. Um, I think it was just, it, it was something where like, I was really intrigued by it. And I was kind of like, oh, where's this going? I knew kind of, you know, obviously how it, how it goes. 
because of playing two and three. Um, yeah. But it's all the little bits in between. Mm. Um, I love Saren as an antagonist. As well. I love the fact that you can just paragon him to death. <laughs> yeah, how good is that? <laughs> and he just so says, fun. I'm sorry, and puts the pistol to it's his head. It's so upsetting, but at the same time, I looked over at it. It's so like, emotionally heart-beating, though, as well. Oh, yeah. Yeah, knowing that you've, you've like, got through to him enough for yeah. him to do that it's the performance as well it's the way Mark Mir obviously Shepard stands up out of cover and like yells at him and you're like oh and then he's like aiming the gun and shaking and then puts it to his head and you're like oh shit <laughs> and then, it oh. was and then I was like yeah I've done it and then I have to fight him again and I was like no oh, that's just, just a cop out but now. you've skipped I I you've was... skipped half the boss battle I didn't know there was going to be another boss battle <laughs> I was like I was like and I finished the game easy peasy and then it's like no. And then sov- sovereigns like, I'm gonna reanimate his body. <laughs> and then I'm back <laughs> to eat you. mediocre combat. They definitely improved it though. Seeing what it used to look like, it looks oh, a lot better. Yeah, it, it does. And and there's uh, the Mako redesign was. I love the Mako. Uh, I think it's Still a really floaty, fun vehicle. In a it's in kind of a nice way. Yeah, I've seen the originals, and, and my god, I wouldn't have been able to play the game. I'm someone so, who gets really frustrated easily by things like that. How much of the side content did you do? Because Not a lot of one, I'll be honest. So there's a load of really cool dialogue because you can discover four Cerberus plots. Oh, okay. So then when Shepard joins Cerberus in Mass Effect 2, he's way more distrustful of them and you right. can bring that up in dialogue. Cool. And when Garrus and Tally join you, they say, hey, Shepard, do you remember in one when we found Cerberus doing all these crazy evil experiments? And they were like, don't trust them. And you only get that dialogue if you uncover the plots in Mass Effect 1. Cool. I and did. Like, then, did you do the Lunar, ba- Lunar Base? Yes, what, the rogue VR? Yeah. Do, you know yeah. who, do, you, do you know who that is? Uh, yes, it's Edie. Yeah. Yeah, because cool she talks that? about it, doesn't she? And you don't get any of that if you don't do that. Yeah. And, and this is the thing. So I tried to do a little bit, but at the same time, there were so many fetch quests that were just yeah, and, and the, the walking around is, the Citadel. There's a lot of important stuff buried in there with stuff that doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. So which upsets me. <laughs> you, yeah. So, so, so it's very, like I said, the Conrad Werner, the fan who, who turns up in all of them who has a load of meta references for all three of them. Yeah. If you don't interact with him three times in Mass Effect 1, he doesn't turn up in um, in 2 or 3. Mm. See, I, did, I only interacted with him twi- once or twice, so I didn't mm. get him. Yeah, and he's, he's great. He's really good fun in, in 2, and then he's uh, he gives you loads of war assets in 3 and stuff. Oh, cool. Um, but there's loads of bits and bobs like that. Like even, um, I don't know, say when you did Bring Down the Sky... Yeah. Did you spare Valak or did you kill him? Yeah, I spared him and then he comes back, doesn't yeah. he? Yeah, and then, yeah. then he gives you the Baltarian. That was uh, hilarious because he starts off like, I'm going to kill you. And then I'm, by the end of the conversation, he's let me go and he's given me his flea. <laughs> oh, I was like, brilliant, isn't it? I was like, how is Shepard this good? <laughs> <laughs> so you are one charming bastard. <laughs> <laughs> to get someone who's got a gun to your head to go away and give you their fleet. Is, but I, is I also kind of love the idea of like Paragon Shepard, of the fact that he's not like the best fighter ever, but he's just so goddamn charming. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh and i love that idea okay maybe he's not as good as anyone else on the squad but the man has charisma exactly (laughs) he's like he's like in fallout when you roll like mediocre stats and then just take (laughs) charisma 
exactly it's so good i absolutely that's literally my my goal when i start each game is get paragon as high as possible like, yeah i mean you have possible. to otherwise you miss it's you're doing a disservice to the game if you don't exactly. go all in on one or the other exactly so like with um the they have the ability don't they what was it i at least i did but assault master has it i think i don't know if you have one and it gives you like 20% more Paragon on them. Like, yes. Then like, yeah. yeah. There's so, different versions. That was of it, literally. And like and in stuff. the first one, Charm's a separate stat, isn't it? Mm. So the first yeah. one, it was literally, I, I spent every point into I, Charm. I bet you didn't, didn't um, manage to um, completely save the colony on Ferrox, did you? Uh, did you manage to convince the exogeny geezer to send them funds and repair the colony? Because it's the hardest speech check in the game. Yeah, I think I did. Did you? Because you have to, like, I had to come back to it um, after doing all the side content because I couldn't do it in uh, the first time I went there. Really? I had to replay the entirety of Pharos. I don't the, know then. It's the, um, so there's, there's two aspects to it. You have to convince the exogeny colonists right. to do a PR campaign um, and say, hey, we've re- it's like one of the hardest charms in the game. Um, and also then spare all the colonists in the next combat section. I think I, I think I did, but I, I can't say I probably didn't know. Like me, I'm mm. I'm so paragon in my own head. Just that of course, of course, I did. <laughs> I was so annoyed that I because I'd done the whole mission. I just loaded a save before I got on the planet. Oh, and that's I, a long time. And I, I went off and did another planet and then came back. Spare, no sparing barrier. all the colonists was I did. I definitely spared all the colonists. Mm. You have to throw the grenades, don't you? Yeah, and, but and it's cool like, because because like you saved the colony no matter what. But if right. you convince the exogeny guy, if you don't, it says that exogeny abandoned the colony and the war resources you get in free are less. Whereas oh, okay. if you convince the exogeny to help, then they talk about how they massively rebuilt the colony with the surviving colonists and you cool. get more like this. I feel this like I so did, much cool stuff like that. Maybe I didn't. Who knows? Yeah. Um, but yeah. One... If you did it third uh, out of all the planets, maybe you uh, had enough Paragon. Yeah, because it's literally like it limits you, doesn't it, with the charm? Because mm. I'd always just like any point I had went straight into that, but I was always capped because <laughs> I literally yeah. would save points. You have to get to a certain level and then you can get 12, I think is the max. Something like that. Yeah. Either way. But I for just ages, kept, it's I stuck on 10 behind. and you're like, come on. Yeah, it's always those last two. <laughs> I was doing the exact same thing. So I just had two skill points waiting, just ready. <laughs> and then as soon as it comes up, there you go. Um, yeah, I mean, and tell me you spared Rex. Oh, of course. Yeah, of course. And I said, this is the thing. There's so many like characters that if they died, there'd be there'd be so much missing in the later games. Like mm. Rex is all the way through, you know, two and three. Yeah, Reeve Reeve kind of sucks, so you don't want. Reeve. See, yeah, I didn't know, so I googled it. I was like, what happens if Rex is dead? And it's Reeve, and I was like, oh, what? Who <laughs> you only see in a cutscene if Rex is alive? Yeah, exactly. And I was like, Reeve, he gets sent a stage. <laughs> I was like, oh, and he's I'm like so the worst Krogan growing, going. Yeah, Rex. Rex is also just like, he, what a character. He he's just he makes bro. me laugh. And it's it's the email as well. Do you remember the email he sends you after you cure the genophage? Because I'm assuming you cure the genophage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> come on, come on, Bradley. Let's... <laughs> the, the like is the, the subject is like making babies. <laughs> And he just he starts just being himself in this email, and it's just brilliant. It's well, it's just, like wow, the Citadel. It's the Citadel DLC where after you've 
stop the clone and you go and you can meet all of your companions for one-on-one time. Yeah. And I don't know if you remember, you meet him in the bar and he's like in serious pain and he's like moaning and grumbling. And you're like, is the council giving you trouble? And he's like, no, Shepard, it's the goddamn females. <laughs> like, they all want the baby with the strongest Krogan. And he's like, there's lines of them, <laughs> thousands of them outside my tent every day. And, and, and he's like talking about it like he's exhausted. And he's banging his head on the table and he asks for ice. Um, and then he's like, he's talking to Shepard and Shepard go, Paragon Shepard can go, what about Bakara? Is she not like keeping them after you? And he go, he turns to you and he shakes his head and goes, she encourages it. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you got that, that cut scene. I didn't. I didn't. Uh, that's, that's why. That's you, so brilliant. Because I don't know if you did much of the one-on-one stuff in the Citadel DLC. Well, I didn't, I didn't get it because... I went out into the, the place and no one like was there to talk. And then I, and then I went back and I had one email mm. and then I went back. And I had one more email. Like, yeah, I was getting it's annoying. One at a time they, and... That's what they do. So it's Aww. like you, you See, go I out went, and I was doing it. And then I had to go find Jacob, but Jacob wasn't there. Mm. So then I, I went back and I kept going back and forward and no one was appearing. So I yeah. just gave up. It is fun though. It's, um, is that like a bug? Uh, maybe but i mean he was fine on mine where's where he meant to be he's meant to be in the games um, yeah place where trainer is he's downstairs with a group of kids and he's playing on one of the boxing robot machines yeah he was he wasn't there there was no, no maybe kids he got either. A bug, yeah because because well, like i, I say back and forth i i, like, there, there's, I was enjoying it but because mm, there, there's one time. scene in citadel dlc with each squad member after the heist mission's over Right. Um, and yeah. all of them are really funny and really good fun. Yeah, um, see, I did, I did everyone before Jacob. So I did like Trainer, um, Zaid. Zaid is, is amazing. Zaid <laughs> <laughs> is such a character. Like, I hated him at first, and then you just end up loving him. Yes. Yeah. Because he's so, he's such an idiot. And like, it's the way yeah. he flirts with Samara at the party as well. And you're just like, oh, Zaid. <laughs> Uh, anyway so moving on from do you have anything more to say about mass effect one no not really just just um like i say it is slightly dated but part of me like like the rpg mechanics were very bloated and it's yeah more streamlined and nice in two yeah yeah yeah. two and three are more action rpgs whereas (laughs) one is really more traditional bioware rpg where there's a lot of bloat but it feels the most rpg of all three yeah, in a lot definitely. of ways. Um, and I kind of love the exploration, even though it is very bare bones. It's so bare bones. Um, <laughs> it's this big flat planet. But <laughs> I still love it. I still think it's really cool. And there's so many hidden things you can find. Uh, that mm-hmm. It's kind of, for me, It's has the best exploration in the series, where you really feel like you can explore these crazy planets and find stuff. And there's so much off the beaten path that you don't yeah. get in two and three. Because to be fair, two and three, it's not, really space exploration two and three you have like pressing missions so like you can't take the time mm-hmm. to just wander around planets right mm-hmm. um but yeah let's 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 move on to two then two was oh like that that is weird because two's really nostalgic for me mm. um like yeah, i mean i don't have any secret two's my favorite in the trilogy which yeah it's I, I can see why it's it's really good and and it does everything like that was frustrating me in one like you know like I finally get my charge classes just feel a lot more fleshed out mm. they feel 
much more kind of what they were meant to be, at least mm. with mine. I can only speak for mine. And mine was finally a Vanguard class. It was, you know, the whole point was being, you know, in the front lines. And I absolutely loved playing through with the charge in, in two and, and playing yeah. as a Vanguard in two. It's, it's so good. Also, and I they, played uh, on mouse and keyboard throughout this. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> and I was, I was like, I really wanted to. And I absolutely loved playing. I, I played one with a controller because the combat was boring me so much. And <laughs> right. I, I didn't, I, you know that, like, the whole thing you said about being relaxed. I was like, I'm not having fun. Stressing you out. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm, like, leaning forward. And I'm like, I'm just not enjoying this. So I, I just put down the mouse keyboard and was like, right, I'll just sit back and play on controller. Um, but then when I got my charge back, or, or, like, in, I was like, yes now i can play with a keyboard and mm. it was so good mm. playing with a keyboard and i love how much 2 feels like gears of war mm-hmm. where you well, stick fair, into cover and you have cover well <laughs> unless if you're playing anything other than a vanguard you have <laughs> yeah, to literally. use cover or you like you will die and i really it, like that aspect yeah it was it, it is it is really yeah it's, it's really a big intense. shift as well though because it does it, it copies everything good about gears of war it goes for that you tap a and you hard lock into cover what gears of war popularized right where it's like you you almost magnetically lock onto cover mm-hmm. and that is how all third person cover shooters should be in my eyes because it is just such a good mechanic and there's a reason everyone stole it from gears of war yeah no it feels uh, like the combat feels a hundred times better mm. and, like i actually enjoyed that and i was playing uh, through it like, how nice is the heavy weapon as well i never use them do you not? Um, no. You know what I miss like? I miss them by the time I got to free. When I got to free, I was like, why can't he carry you know a grenade like? launcher like, anymore? I gotta save that ammo for that one thing and then I get to the boss. You know, I get to the, like the last missions and I'm like, Oh yeah, I should have used my heavy weapon. But I never used it. Especially because like um I was just literally shotgun cryo ammo. Uh, incendiary ammo yeah i suppose uh, you weren't Manga. dashing from cover to cover were you you were I was um... always out running around and charging See, we must play very differently because i'm very much like i'll move my squad mates up like i play a lock i guess all i do is game. moan about my squad mates because i i don't play it, it it's, you don't babysit them though <laughs> it's too big of a game for me to babysit and like i'd love to play this the strategy because i do like strategy games but i mm. just can't see it as one I'm right, just... but it's like I'll get one to to go there, and I'll get the other to flank and cut yeah, exactly. them off, and then That's I'll the go up the middle. It has such good mechanics for it, but for me, the game is so big that if I did that, I know that my playthrough would be so like much longer, hundred hours more. Yeah, because mm. I will finish fights that are meant to be like ten minutes long in like a minute, and like I know that I play too quick because I've had two bugs in one and three where they you can't progress because you kill the enemies too quickly oh yeah and i was like uh <laughs> this game hates me for being a vanguard because <laughs> both in one and three i i spent like 10 more minutes reloading saves not realizing that it was because i was killing the enemy so quick that the game didn't realize and they didn't spawn any more in and then the door wouldn't unlock yeah. And it happened in two separate games i was like clearly they didn't fix this going into mass effect mm. three um but yeah it, it it has such good strategy mechanics but i just i don't have the time for it yeah but i, I feel like it, 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 it lets the player choose how much of it it uses right yeah I'll, the only thing i do use is when because the the biggest weakness as anyone will tell you with vanguards is shields so i always have um overload just like someone on my squad 
just ready to use overload and just try and get some of that shielding down um, before I go back in. But apart from that, just kind of telling them when to use certain abilities mm. didn't really, I never told anyone to go to a specific cover or anything apart from when it's like tutorialized and yeah. then, and it's just, it would have taken me so long. And that's probably why we have drastically different play times. Yeah. That as well. Probably. Because <laughs> I um, just play so hard and fast. <laughs> And I guess I take my time, set my people up and do yeah. all that stuff. Who do you take? Who's your squad? Well, uh, we, uh, actually, that was one of the bullet points I put down for later. But, but Okay, we'll, we'll, do, it we'll, later. Can ask... we'll do it later. Oh, okay. Um, uh, but I will say, I love how 2 has this, like, get like getting the gang back together vibes, but you're getting, like, new people at the same yeah, time. definitely. It, and, it feels so good. And then by the time you get all 12 squad members... Your crew feels so swole with badasses. You're just like, whoa. Mm-hmm. Like, what is anyone? How? And then you get to the suicide mission, and you're like, I feel bad for the collectors, man. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Is this like, a suicide mission for us or for them? <laughs> <laughs> um, um. Yeah, I just. Two just has, I think, the tightest narrative in that you you wake up the the opening is incredible i love that sequence where you get up onto the bridge and you got to get to joker and mm-hmm. you walk out into space it's like <gasps> and then that is beautiful i love watching opening. shepherd being brought back to life oh yeah that i think that's project. such a, a nice cool a nicely like cut scene like cinema cinema like not sure how wise. the science works where they're like no, his of brain's not, completely but... dead and his heart's but somehow we're going to eject him with yeah and, the, and then you see stuff. everything kind of you know start restart coming back yeah. to life yeah and it's it's really cool and i like seeing all the like kind of drills and the it, mm. it's a really intricate scene and i always enjoy watching that um, yeah and, and then, then importing my shepherd and then the game has such a big build up and um you know, you so you get all these squad members. You do all these really fun that feel like because obviously it's all feeding. It was really cool the the two's narrative because it allowed you to see all these cool side bits of the galaxy because yeah. you had to recruit Archangel who's fighting all the gangs of Omega, and you had to recruit Okir who's on building. Uh, you know, Krogan in this laboratory on this random planet. So you got to do what in other games would be side missions, but they all fed into the main narrative. Yes. But it let you see so much more of the galaxy than say like Mass Effect 3, where everything is focused on that war with the Reapers, right? Mm -hmm. Um, So for me, 2 has this awesome, it still has this sense of you can take your time and experience the galaxy and see more of the galaxy. Because by the time, like you say, 3 happens, it's just all anyone rightfully so can think about is the war right yeah you don't see the culture or the different societies or the different gangs or the different you know things in the mass effect world as well you mm-hmm. see more like the countries and the the big entities in free right yeah um and like i say i just adore the suicide mission it is so good it's and so good and it, it requires a lot from you to like actually know what you need to do you need to know mm. your squad mates like you you told me and i was like oh no so and then so, i was like oh i did so who did you who did you choose for for the roles do you remember um i chose tally for my engineer oh, okay i chose kasumi for my engineer okay yeah i was i was like because i was sitting there i was like right because you can have you you could have had legion as well couldn't you? yeah legion's a cool one as well though because he's all techie um well he's a living living but, super but i was like i was like kasumi makes a lot of sense being a hack and integration specialist tally's little yeah but like tally's little thing was was like um she doesn't 
basically it's like she doesn't like fighting she likes using her brain and i was like well she can be out of the fight doing that (laughs) i just love i just love kasumi's voice lines well while she's doing it or just in yeah just just in general like assuming at the citadel she just keeps going invisible and then popping up and then (laughs) she's so good she's such a weirdo but i love her Uh, which is weird again i'd never played the dlc till now so like meeting kasumi and zaid um they are so so cut content it's so bad yeah and um was it javik oh javik in uh mass effect 3 yeah yeah i was like he just fits in and did you get him right at the start like as soon as you could or did yes you... yeah, yeah yeah you you have to otherwise you miss out on so much great stuff Which, again because they the class it as a priority mission don't they yeah so and... a lot of people miss it right until the end yeah and i was but it's like it's not a priority mission that's on like your map like a, a big part of it so i was like well, what is this and i did it and i was like oh it's dlc <laughs> 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 it's like i've never met this guy before he's well cool um I mean, he's a bit rude, but... <laughs> yeah, but he's kind of like the Commander Shepard of their cycle, who then... I mean, he woke up and everyone he knows and loves is dead, right? So I know, I, I let him you, off. You probably would be a bit of an, an arsehole. I let him off, and I like to see the, the fact that he slowly comes around. And when, when he starts... He goes to the Citadel, doesn't he? And he starts speaking... Um, I love that speech. And you give him like a little <laughs> tap pretty much. And like, because he's like, <laughs> it's not going to work. <laughs> yeah, he's like so depressing. And then you're like, and he's like, but we can do it this time. <laughs> like, there we go. <laughs> oh, he's, and he gives you cool history lessons. And then even if you bring him with you on the Rachni mission, he's like, we once used the Rachni's war machines. And you're like, what? <laughs> Did you? That's so cool. But yeah. Um, but yeah, and uh, what was I going to say about two? Um, oh yeah, sorry. So you said you'd use Tally then. I guess you use Garrus? Yep. Yeah, Garrus squad leader for both parts all the way yeah, through. Yeah, you've got to. And it's literally like the, the, the flavor text is like, he, he, he left his thing to be a, like a, a massive tactical leader of these things. And you're like, <laughs> yeah, you, you've got to pick Garrus. He's also your bro. He's Shepard's best bro. Like, come yeah. on. Like, it's Garrus. Yeah, exactly. Like, I, I call him Gary. <laughs> there's a really great, um, I think it's in the Shadow Broker DLC. There's a great dossier that says he could like outshine Commander Shepard. But as long as Shepard's alive, he'll always be Shepard's second and be in Shepard's shadow. Oh, that's um, really sad at the same time. It's kind of sad, cute. but it's also <laughs> like, I always view Garrus as like the XO on the Normandy. Like he's like the next guy in charge. Oh, right? yeah. yeah. That's always the way it kind of looks like. Um, Samara was my abiotic. Uh, so I took Jack because I did. I did that in my last. Like, I remember doing that in my uh, just because I my she, young has, she has unique dialogue um, in Mass Effect Three. If you take her, oh okay, she, with the students, um, which is kind of fun. And Morden for my yeah yeah I sent Morden back um, because it just makes sense because he's a doctor and he's crazy yeah. And, like, also you don't want him holding the door because he has I think he's the weakest character in the game in the way that the game boils it down to survival oh okay so it's a diff- so he'd be first to die so, so he's like the perfect person to send back oh okay yeah cool so yeah and everybody survived should we and, should then, we... and then I passed the, the jump <laughs> <laughs> yeah have you ever seen jump. when that fails I haven't actually. It's I'm so tragic because it. everyone's <laughs> dead and it's just Shepard and he's running to try and make it and he, he runs <laughs> and jumps pulls. and he makes the jump but the collector's oh, okay. shooting at him and then 
uh, obviously your squad mates aren't there and Joker fires the gun, little crippled Joker, and he hits a few collectors. <laughs> but because there's no one there to pull Shepard up, Joker tries to pull Shepard up and Joker gets hit in the shoulder by a collector and drops Shepard and Shepard's like <laughs> falling. <laughs> and Shepard goes something like, you got to tell them, Joker, tell them what's coming. And then he falls and like falls down and dies. Imagine getting that ending. <laughs> and then Joker flies off. And sort of talks to the elusive man. And then the elusive man's like really like nonchalant about it. And he's like, well, Shepard accomplished his mission. And now it's up to me. And it's like, if you play <laughs> Mass Effect 3, you know, that's a terrible thing. So, <laughs> oh, that's brilliant. Um, yeah, should we move on to 3? Yeah, definitely. Cool. So that's, you know, this is my favourite. I can see why. It's a lot of people are still mixed on it, but but I really love it. No, I love it. You're you're doing, you know, it's this culmination of just everything you fought for in one and two. Um, I think that's one of the things about two that gets me is that you're still in the same position at the end of two. Mm-hmm. Like you finish one and you're like, okay, Reapers are coming, and then you finish two and you're like, okay, Reapers are coming. <laughs> <laughs> like, I get like the in between is really good, like you said, um, the way they drive the narrative. But I do, I do like the fact that three is is actually culminating. It's have, actually have, happening. Have, now. You, have you seen all the memes of the? Because I obviously saved the council, and if you do that, uh, the, the Turian council member when he reinstates you in Mass Effect Two goes, ah, oh, yes, and he does an air quotes animation and goes, Reapers, we have oh, since dismissed that claim. I hated the council. I was so annoyed. Yeah, but I really like him in free when they actually know you're not mad. And oh, yeah, then, like... but before then, and they're like, mm, okay. But, but also, I love it in two that a developer went out of his way to make an air quotes animation for a Turian <laughs> for one optional scene in Mass Effect 2. That's oh, dedication. And yeah. it's so good because his two fingers just move and he goes up and goes, ah, yes, reapers, <laughs> and the fingers move. And you're like, oh, I love it. It's good, but oh. yeah, three. And you, you've always said that you love the opening for two, but I've always preferred the opening for three as oh, well. Oh, really? Because in three, it's like the whole way through two, you're like, we're, we're going to be ready. We've got this. We're, we're preparing for the Reapers. And then three is like, you lose Earth. You watch a child die and you're like, okay, we ain't got this. This is not <laughs> happening. We're losing. And like, I love that, that feeling of, of just that. In, you know, that they're all landing on your planet, on your homeworld. And it's mm. like, this is over. We could, we don't even get to fight this. Yeah. And then it kind of, the pacing's kind of weird because obviously you then can just roam around the galaxy doing whatever yeah. you want. I and mean, it's like, there's eh. that. Mm. But at the same time, I love that opening. I mean, I, I do say, I, the moment I love in that opening is obviously when uh, the Earth Council gets blown up is pretty cool. And mm-hmm. you're in the building and Shepard's like, move, move, move. Like that bit's really, it's very cod. Um, yeah. but it's very cool but I love the bit where you're walking and the dreadnoughts engaging the reaper and it's like over Vancouver and it's like hitting it and then Caden is it Caden or is it Anderson I think it might be Anderson or I think Caden's on the radio on the Normandy over and he's yeah. like you've got to move the dreadnought move out of the way and then the reaper's getting closer and closer and it blows up the dreadnought and that like shockwave the comes the sounds in that game are still so good oh but, it's like, amazing the, the, isn't it? for the reapers are just so intimidating and I just absolutely loved that you know um, uh, the reapers are um, actually um, part of their audio is a, a trash compactor in real life 
Are you serious? Yeah, yeah. That's so disappointing. Uh, it's like a highly or, or edited, like, it's like something really it's mundane. It's disappointing, but at the same time, it's, it's really impressive, impressive yeah, it? that they've managed to get something so mundane to sound so epic. Um, so the way they make the Reapers sound as well, like the first time you talk to Sovrem on Vermeer, and he's like, we are the harbingers of your destruction. Like, they do sound And he's good. all like mechanical and like... When you talk to one, dark one you music down. playing as well. Yeah, it's it's so good, uh, the Reapers, and there's it, it's just such a good game. <laughs> like mm. the combat again, people moan I think about the the skill trees, but I love oh, really? the way I think they do. Because um, I swear I saw it online, but I absolutely loved the Mass Effect Three skill trees. I felt like finally i because i love the fact in two you could do it when you hit the the last one but in three it's like you get to do it for the last three you get to kind of differentiate what you want to pick and i love that feeling because i'd sit there and i'd be like hmm hmm more damage (laughs) (laughs) bigger radius more damage and i'd sit there and it'd just be such a like tough decision for me but at the same time it would make me feel like i've specialized in something um Plus, yeah. Vanguard just got a massive upgrade again. I don't know if you've ever seen the Nova Guard. It's no, it's I, I haven't played much Vanguard. So, Vanguard obviously has his charge again, but this yeah. time it has a. They have a Nova, and a mm. Nova is basically a massive like air, area slam. You launch yourself up and just slam your fist against the ground with biotic energy. Oh yeah, I, I have but seen it, that. It takes your shields down, but then oh, eventually Jesus. you can upgrade it so it takes it to half your shields, and but it does a little bit less damage it does like 40 mm. percent, so it actually works out better um and literally i would finish fights without firing a single shot because you just have this endless loop of because nova is your grenade so it doesn't have a cooldown it just is your shield so you literally just charge nova nova charge charge <laughs> and it's just like this endless loop and at the same time it should have got so boring because i was like doing two things but because of how risky it is to be getting rid of your shields, it was just so intense constantly. Mm. Like I would, as soon as I see like um, a Banshee or an Atlas, I would charge them (laughs) and I would get in their face. And like, that's probably something you'd never do. Just run at the the biggest enemy on the field. Well, my go-to was tech armor because I love the tech armor. Um, It's better Mm. in two because in two, um, when your shields go down, you can put tech armor on straight away and your shields go back to full. It's so broken. Right. But in free, that doesn't, <laughs> that doesn't happen. But tech armor okay. still boosts both your biotic power and your damage re- uh, resistance. Cool. And you get up to like 50%, I think. So you get really tanky. And then I have um, warp on one hand for like destroying armor. And then mm. on the other hand, once I do the Omega DLC, I get Arya's flare as a bonus power. Yeah. And oh my God, it, that's just obliteration. Just like five <laughs> enemies in one point, you'd shepherd just flares and like all five of them go flying through the air. It's so <laughs> OP. It's like the best bonus power ever. <laughs> it's weird because I didn't take a bonus power because there was nothing I could use because I needed my charge cooldown. And mm. I really hate that Mass Effect has universal cooldowns. Because I would never use any other ability because I needed my shields. Um, Mm. Because obviously charge brings your shields back up. That's the whole reason you can endlessly stay in the fight. Um, So I literally, I didn't take anything else because I couldn't. Because if it had a cooldown, the only thing I could have taken was the grenades. But even then I was like, I'd never use them because 
you only have a certain amount <laughs> and I'd, I'd be like oh, i'm gonna run out i won't use them um mm. but but yeah it was it was such a good gameplay look i'll be honest the two and three the charge every now and then would just be absolutely broken in terms <laughs> of you, you would literally be point like blank you'd take a few step back because sometimes it doesn't like being point blank and you'd just be spamming charge and your shields are just going and your health just going <laughs> and you're like game game and i'm just spamming it and i would get so frustrated because you'd be like you know well into a fight why am i not moving and literally yeah he just looks at him and then the guy's just shooting you just like come on because he like take a step back and go into the animation though as well yeah there was also there's a thing where he can because i remember that from multiplayer yeah and i was like why has that gone on cooldown he didn't do anything and like that would happen not enough for me to absolutely hate playing the combat but like enough for me to have sections where i wanted to just stop playing yeah just die because it was literally just like i remember there's there's a point where there's three atlases and and a turret and and it's just what bit's that i can't remember but there's three atlases and a turret in three and i was like it was just really frustrating me because i'd get them all like down and both my squad members would die instantly like they'd have no chance they would just instantly come off the elevator and die um and then i would just charge nova charge charge and i wouldn't even use nova in the just end why you like, put your squad mates in cover Bradley. no no they they should know that they can just oh they um, are better in free though they're a lot more intuitive mm, than they are in two no i disagree think? no my, my squad like mates my guys were, they move they they move into better I have, positions you I have don't have to babysit use, them as much in free. i have the auto use abilities they never use abilities. <laughs> I'm not joking. I was literally just staring at my squad mates and they weren't shooting for a good minute <laughs> straight. And I was like, there's an enemy right on the other side of this cover that you just need to, to like aim did, at. Did you tell them to shoot though? No, but like they're meant to be auto doing it. You just hit up on the D-pad and they're like, yes, and they start firing. Yeah, but like that's the problem. It's like they should be doing it, but they choose not to. <laughs> And See, I'm like, I didn't, I didn't have that doing? many problems. Yeah, because you're telling them. them to their, but even oh, when I left enough. them to their own advices, like, no. and, and if they got flanked, they'd move and move into a side cover. Maybe, I guess it's a PC. Maybe it might be a PC problem. No, I don't think it is. I think it's literally just like my... It's, it's just personal different like, experiences, I guess. Everybody targets me and then seeing that my squad mates are literally doing nothing was just... Oh, it was really frustrating. Well, that's yeah. why you have Grunt on too, because you just keep him with you and he just <laughs> screams and headbutts things. Yeah, I should have, to be honest. But yeah, it, the combat was still really good, but there was it was that targeting. That was the biggest thing. I don't really care about the squad mates. They were more there for the dialogue mm. um, than anything. I Character was good enough at the combat to be, to be able to to do fine on my own. So, um, but the literally the targeting. And then they introduce counter to, to Vanguard. And that is... All of the the big people, like banshees, mm, get an yes, insta kill grab. Because of the armor. Uh, no, the so, armor's the armor's fine because obviously I use incendiary, so it's absolutely fine uh, with the armor. Okay. And the barrier gets like obliterated with Who my, is it? with my nova. It's the the leviathans, the banshees, and the, the atlas. I think the atlas can can do an insta kill. I think well. the atlas can, yeah. But like by the time I got to like midway through the game, I could not go near a banshee, and. It really annoyed me because so at the beginning insane. of the game, I was literally just like diving right at them. I'd see a banshee and I would just go for them. Mm. And then by the middle of the game, every single time, literally, they would catch me mid-charge. 
Like <laughs> I would hit them. And as I'm coming out of a blue orb, they'd have an arm inside of my chest. <laughs> I was dead. And it was I had really the, I had the um, I, you know, the last mission um, in Mass Effect with the what? rocket batteries. You, I was screaming like <laughs> because I, I, I had one banshee left before like firing the last rocket battery and she came up behind me and just picked me up I was like oh my god and then it made I, me do the whole thing again I, I did that thing like three times because I was I was just doing it and I was, I was like I can do this and these banshees <laughs> come out but obviously like all of my thing is in charge so I have to play aggressive and I have to so I literally charging them rolling away like running and i i spent the whole time like going for the little guys and hoping my squad mates would not die which to be fair they didn't in the last time i did it but two reaper beams touched me but charge gives you iframes oh i forgot about the reaper beams as well <laughs> but two times i managed to like get iframes and have the reaper beam go through me and i was like screaming like i'm amazing at this <laughs> As I was charging away while the Reaper Beam was cutting through oh. me. And it was just, it was so intense. And I Jesus. was like, oh, I'm so glad that that's like the end of the game now because oh, I can't deal with this anymore. The amount of times that I was just staring at a person, point so, blank, no charge. I, I've got to ask because obviously this is the biggest point of contention with Mass Effect 3. And that is the ending. I like them. Do I'm, I'm, you? Yeah, I like it. Mm. It's. It's a case that I I can sort of see why people are mad, but I, I don't think there's a because it kind of goes either. down to like you have this game all about choice and consequence, and then the last mission on Earth is super rushed because they ran out of development time, oh, and is then that why it kind of yeah. feels a bit weird. So they literally the the end they did the ending in like two months or something, mm -hmm. um like so so they did all the Cerberus base and it was big built up and then they got to earth and originally they had like a suicide mission planned type earth where right. like you would pick your different war assets and stuff would change so like you need troops to hold the reapers here so uh, okay. pick your ground troops so you'd want to pick the krogan shock troops because they're the guys who will hold it for you uh, see, so that they, would have been really cool or like you need to do a strike against this part of the reaper fleet so you want to tend send in you know like the um you know the turian fleet because the turian fleet scrappier and can go has the most dreadnoughts or whatever so they would have done that whole like it would have been suicide mission but choosing war assets that would have been really cool um because it does just feel like another mission i can see I, I i always think that they're talking about solely just the very end yeah though but... that cutscene is a glorious where the fleets what? arrive Oh yes, I, I was so such a childish smile. I was just going, "This is so cool." Then just more ships keep coming. And you're yeah, like, yes, and you're like, I did this. I brought them together. <laughs> uh, really cool. The DLC then, in in that game as well. Um, again, I'd never played it. The um the Leviathan. DLC well, well I've I've got that as one of the topics, Bradley. Don't you worry. Okay. Don't you worry. Okay. Uh, there'll be short topics though, because we're just gonna gonna go through them quick. But um. Okay. Uh, so we're just quickly finishing. So you like the ending, yeah? And you... well, I mean, obviously, uh, we're playing with the extended edition, the extended yes, which is it. much better because it actually because yeah. in in the original three, I don't know if you had played it without the extended cut. I'm not sure I did. Kind of just ends. Yes, yeah, I thought. Kind of just choose destroy it, and then it just ends, <laughs> and you don't have any of that kind of like uh, what happens. Yeah, after. yeah. And everyone was like, "What the fuck." <laughs> 
<laughs> like we try and swear on this podcast, but I couldn't help that one coming out. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so so we're going to get onto DLCs because um, that's one thing. The, these next bits, I've made some bullet points, but they'll they'll probably be quite short. I can't imagine we'll talk forever because we've covered the bulk of this really. Yeah. Um, but I quickly wanted to ask you, what squad mates did you go with in the games? So, so what about one? Number one, Gary and Liara. Garrison Liara. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Because I was Rex and Liara. No, I always. I, so I the, love Rex. That, to answer He's your so good. Your two, Gary. See, I love Garrus, but Rex trumps him for me. No, I love I, Rex. I, I can't. I and it's also because that's the only Garrus. time. Because you get you get so much more time with Garrus. So I feel no, like exactly. in one, I, I need every moment. Rex. I need every moment with Garrus. <laughs> I, I I do love his arc as well. How he goes from this shy, awkward cop in one to this badass mercenary nutter in two. Mm-hmm. I love that whole. He's so cool. He's, and yeah. like the whole archangel thing is really just awesome. Mm. Um. So I took Gary and Morden in two. Oh, you, more, wow. I okay. love Morden Solis. Morden's great. He's Is so it, like me. He's so you? analytical and like matter of fact, <laughs> did, you know, efficiency. Did, Bradley, but I have to ask you, did you get his song? His song? In two. He sings an opera. Uh, not an opera. He sings a, a, he sings a song like with Isaac Newton and stuff. I'll send you the link to it. You have to go talk to him after some, one of the missions. I've seen it. I've seen it, but I didn't get it. Ah, oh, it's a shame. He does, he does it in two and three. He yeah, sings... I think I, I think I did it in back in like twenty whenever, twenty ten, twenty twelve, where whenever I played three, I did, I got the song, but I, I didn't get it this playthrough. Oh, it's so good. It's great. I love it. It's it, he can't sing, but it's just so good. And he's like, to, it's just him. this weird geeky scientist song, and he re, like he just commits to it, and it's just great. Um, oh, which is why, like, it was, I can't. Okay, so, so to be fair, the way I tend to play Mass Effect is I cycle in and out squad mates depending on who I think is more important I like, to the mission. Yeah, I, I'm just too much of a favourite kind of person. Yeah, but, but if I had to say what were my, like, most common, like, mm. picks... Um, <clears throat> oh, so you know, mine are literally, I will always pick them unless I'm forced not to. Oh, mine's, my, I, I try to spread the love. And oh. I tried to think who is better for who like makes I, I've more literally sense got in this scenario. Never playing with certain squad mates, which is really bad, like weird. I, I yeah, I, to be honest, in the original trilogy, I don't think there's a bad squad mate. I <laughs> actually love everyone. I think oh yeah, there's no one bad. But they're all really well. I can't characters. take Gary out my squad. <laughs> yeah, um, for me in two, I think my most taken were probably. Uh, I need to think because there's so many squad mates in two. There's so many in two. But it's probably Fane and Grunt. I love Fane. Like, I love Fane. He was I so love close Grunt to replacing well. Morden. I do like Grunt, but I really, really love Fane. I love how calm he is. I love the mm. the way he speaks. I love kind of his arc and, and his ending yeah. in three. Yeah, Fane it's, and Grunt are my favourite. And it's tough because I, I can like respect Garrus. that. I like if you'd Garrus said like so Miranda, much. I would have been like, eh. <laughs> I don't like really. It's, it's like it's funny because I always find it's like generic human, but I always take aliens. Like I never pick the humans. 
Yeah, it's weird. As soon as I, mean, I get aliens, godmates, I'm like, bye, humans. <laughs> I mean, a half dying fane styling on Kai Leng was just the best thing in three oh, as well. Yes, <laughs> he's like, it's, so... it's, it's the way he slaps him up, and then he's like, yeah, he's, he's like, like been stabbed floor. through, and he's like, he should be embarrassed. Determinedly ill <laughs> drill stopped him from getting to his target. Oh, I was dude. like, and there's so many like forums where like if Fane was not ill, he would have obliterated Kyle. <laughs> oh god, yeah, it's crazy. But um, but yeah. So then, what about free? What do you think? Back to Liara, Liara and, and Garris. Yeah, but you'll be surprised to know who are my two in free, Bradley. Um, Liara and Garris. Ah, oh, yes the best yeah i can't there's this i try to cycle like i say characters in and out where i think it makes sense mm-hmm. so like there's missions where i will bring javik because like if you bring him on fessia there's loads of extra dialogue and unique dialogue right um which is it's really cool uh and there's loads of different uh stuff like that like um i think i bring Caden with me when i do the cerberus base I, I i didn't i so I, like i said i started on two and I'm pretty sure I, I kind of said, or like the default is Ashley survives. Yeah. And I, I was like, I hated Ashley. So I was like, can't wait to kill her off. Because I knew obviously she was going to die. Oh, like, I like Ashley. Die. She's she was slightly so racist. Annoyed. Exactly. I was like, I hate her. She's going. And she, then I, she gets less racist. Yeah, literally. And I, I, I kill her off. And Caden's like being all mopey. And I was like, I wish I'd chosen you, Caden. And I did it for like the rest of one. I was like, I wish it was you, Caden. And then we had a real heart to heart in three. And I was like, oh, I feel bad now. I love Caden. Yeah, he's great, isn't he? He's really nice. Well, and he's really do you know cool. what my problem is? I prefer Ashley in one because I like how um kind of her different like because she's kind of like the renegade aspect yeah exactly she's um really cool. but in free i really dislike ashley's character oh why because she spends half the game moping and getting drunk in the bar on Ugh. normandy so who did you save this playthrough oh i always unless i'm romancing ashley i always save caden and i never really <laughs> romance because caden's like you're especially because i'm like a biotic so like he i'm a, I'm a head cannon i'm like caden's my biotic bro you know my, and yeah, he's, you're he's like your sentinels. second in command as well he's your xo in mass effect one so i'm like i can't choose the chick i randomly picked up from one planet over the guy <laughs> who's my second in command i do you know? i like caden now he's, he's really cool um yeah, and like oh, you say, the heart, to, the heart to heart <laughs> in free is really good. Yeah, it's really um, nice. But, and then, um, okay, but 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 you agree with me that all the squad mates are, are, are really good. Uh, yeah, yeah. I like, I like all of them. Oh yeah, I think like I there's said, better ones, but but yeah, I don't like, think there's a bad one. I'd put someone like Miranda to be like lower. I but... quite like Miranda. Why? I just like her whole story arc and then her coming away from Cerberus and the whole thing with her dad. I, I really like all that. Mm. I feel like she grows oh, yeah. a lot as a person. I just feel like she still looks a bit weird. Like they tried to capture Yeah, because she's like <laughs> genetically like... Yeah, well, there's that as well. <laughs> like, yeah. I don't know. Whereas like, I really like Jacob. I think he's really cool. Yeah, a lot um, of people hate Jacob. What? Yeah, I Racists. really like Jacob. <laughs> Racist. Racist. <laughs> I, I know, just people do. just think he's bland. Uh, no, I think he's cool. Because <laughs> a lot of people think Caden's super bland, and I feel yes, bad Yes, exactly. Caden. I thought Caden was super bland, but then when you actually start talking to him, it's, it's like... It's also like, he, he's 
grumpy and mopey because he suffers severe headaches from his biotic implant, which mm. is like a huge part of his character. And it's like you like I saw some guy actually the other day talking about it and going, how would you react if you spent most of your life with severe migraines? <laughs> <laughs> you probably would be very similar. True. Um, but, but yeah, yeah. There, there, there definitely isn't any bad squad mates by so, any means. So who did you romance, Bradley? That's the important question. Of course. From Mass Effect 1, I romance Liara. Yeah, you, you got, she's the only one you can romance in all three games. And it's just her romance is like, I'm a proper sap. It feels like it's the canon one as well. Exactly. Because Bioware just... kind of subtly goes, hey, she's the only one you can romance across all three games. And it kind of like, she's... Like she's her romance is just so, and he's sweet. the only one who says "I love you" too when you oh. leave. When you leave at the end, uh, like it, when, it when nearly she gets had back me in tears. I'll be honest. <laughs> it's that it's that framey sees of her as he's like um do, doing the ending you choose as well with yeah. the sad music. I thought like, <gasps> it's oh, it's just like you really buy into their fictional relationship, and I do. don't know why. It's, it's that like she she does the like embrace eternity thing at the end, and they they're literally there at like the edge of nothingness and i was like this is oh so good <laughs> so it's good. so good it's so and also sweet. i know a lot of people love the tally romance yes i was gonna say i like the fact that if you don't get with her her and garris get together wait what yeah do you, so if you do priority earth after you attack cerberus if you go down to the calibration room where garris is he's hooking up with tally are you kidding no and uh, he, Garrus says, well, we need to discuss some things after this war's over. And Tally goes, I'm just using you for your body, Vicarian. And then Garrus <laughs> goes, Garrus goes, you're so mean, but I'm okay with that. And then that Shepard walks in and Shepard's like, uh, and they're like, they get really awkward. And he's like, uh, okay, I should go. <laughs> That is so brilliant. Yeah, and I I'm wish like, I'd seen that. and that's why I don't like it when people say, "Oh, my femship got with Garrus, and my male ship got with Tally." Because I'm like, because I like Garrus and Tally as like a. I like that as well as, as a couple. Cute. I think it's really cool. Um, yeah, Liara is the canon one. Yeah, she's the best, best girl. The only best problem girl. I have with that is between games, it would she would always be like, "Oh, we're just friends, though," and then you'd be like, "Well, we're a bit more," and it's like, <laughs> "Why do I have to keep doing it's, this?" Because <laughs> she kind of like it's like she says in two, she grieved for him for like two years. That one made sense, but then in three, it didn't make sense for her to then again be like, it, "Well, the explanation for that was meant to be she felt really guilty about not helping you and not helping you mm. on the suicide mission and stuff." I so don't she know. felt like she let you down. I felt like the game was just being like, do you want the romance Romance her again, man. <laughs> yes or no. <laughs> but, but either way, it was yeah. really nice. I, I, I think the... there's a lot of... It, that's every romance throughout all three games, though. Well, just like it's the like, confirmation if, moment. Yeah, even if you romance Miranda, she's like, we're good friends, Shepard. And then Shepard's like, wait, hang on. Hang on a minute, Miranda. <laughs> hang on. <laughs> um, like, all the romances are kind of like that. I got, um, I got to the end and I was like, hold on, I feel kind of bad for Gary because I'm taking my my relationship and him. He's just third wheeling on every mission. <laughs> that we've Especially ever considering been on. there's loads of like subtle flirting dialogue as well. <laughs> I was like, I'm so sorry, Garrus, that I've pulled you along for this every time. Well, yeah. my favourite dialogue uh, is probably Rex's in Free, where he goes... Um, he goes, ah, oh, this is much better than the cargo hold, but you know, it's not a, it's not my own room with a view of space. 
and he looks at you and goes, but I guess I'm not as good a kisser as Liara. Yes. And I, I, I said that to Alexa and I was like, is that, I, I hope that's because I'm in a relationship with, not, with her and not just a joke he's making. No, no, it is. He only does it if you're with he, Oh, he, that's so cool. He does a different line if you're not with her. Oh, okay. He says yeah, something like, the other line is, instead of I'm not a good kisser, he goes, but it's progress and it's not as good. Ah, oh, no, see, that's, that's way better because I laughed at that. Um, and then um, the one thing I will say in free that we sort of didn't touch on is there's a lot more interaction between all the various squad mates mm-hmm. um, that they added in on purpose, Bioware, and I really appreciate all that. And and it's going back, I I forgot there wasn't as much squad mate interaction in two as there is in three. Right. Um, and yeah, so we did romance. Um, I was going to quickly go through uh, the DLCs and whether you thought they were worth it and good and fun. Because obviously it's all banded, banded together. So you've got the mm-hmm. first one, which is Bring Down the Sky, which is the only piece of DLC from Mass Effect 1. Yeah, and I didn't know it was DLC because obviously I'd never played Mass Effect 1. And I was like, this feels kind of weird. Like, <laughs> it doesn't... Like, it was good, but it felt, like, a bit dissociated from yeah. the story. I mean, it's the first time they introduced the Bartarians. Yeah, which, again, because obviously I'd only played from two, I was like, I assumed they were just a part of the game. So I played through that DLC thinking it was, like, mainline, and then I was like, oh, that's DLC. Because at the time, it was like, oh, these Bartarians, they've got a cool design. They're cool. They're weird. They're pirates. <laughs> you know, yeah. kind of... I think that was a good DLC for Mass Effect 1. Like, for the time as well. Yeah, like... Like I said, Mass Effect 1's like meh, but I thought it was a pretty good DLC for the game. Mm. Then um, in 2, you have um, obviously the two squad mates, uh, Kasumi, Shadow, I think Shadows of something, and then Saeed, The Price of Revenge was the title of the DLC. Um, I I like Kasumi a lot more than Saeed, mm. and I also liked her missions a lot more than Saeed. Uh, I I really like both, but, but Kasumi's is better crafted. It's. I love the whole uh, heist setup. Though and... I do love Saeed losing his mind, and then the way that you can let Vigo go and still get loyalty out of Saeed is so well done. Mm-hmm. That's and what I did. the way where you leave him like you're gonna leave him to die, and then Shepard's like, "But we gotta work together, man." <laughs> <laughs> it was so funny, yeah, because he literally does. I was like, "Can I actually leave him here?" Yeah, you can. If, if, if you can't speech, if you can't speech check him, you leave him in the flames of the burning. Uh, That's oil hilarious. Because I I did the speech check obviously, and it was like, <laughs> gotcha. Because <laughs> Shepard, if you can't speech check him, Shepard goes, I don't want to lose cannon like you are my crew, and you leave him to fly off, and he's in the flames burning, and he's going Shepard. Oh God. <laughs> yeah, like screaming at you. Yeah. Yeah, both really good DLCs though. Both like great characters. I hated Zaid at first, but I ended up really liking him mm. by three. Um, Kasumi is just a fun character so like really good DLCs that added so much to 3 as well yeah it feels so much like cut content oh god yeah and then you have uh, Operation Firewalker which is kind of a nothing DLC if I'm honest right I don't it, what, what is that you get the um, ship and you just fly oh, around yeah, and I you, did all of those you look they... for you end up getting like some obelisk thing yeah but it doesn't really matter okay. So you got resources. Then from it. the uh, next one is Overlord, which I actually love. The I AI think Overlord is great. Yeah, the yes. human AI hybrid. And you you end up getting to see uh, David. 
Yeah, him again. It's in... so good. And he's like, square root of blah, blah, blah is 1.3 point, point, point or whatever. And he yeah. just repeats it and repeats it. And it, it's really tragic and really... And even the bit you break him out and then uh, he's like, you can't take David and you can do the interrupt and punch him. And he's like, you come after your brother and this bullet will be waiting for you. And I it's was like, really oh, it's was so emotional. And, he, and when the thing shatters and you see him like all hooked up all shaven all like you get real like um matrix vibes and he's got his eyelids held open and it, oh it's, mm-hmm. it's horrifying it's really gruesome yeah yeah no there's a really good dlc i love that one and then the last dlc oh wait it's two more sorry the there's um liara um shadow broker dlc uh yeah which is I like that I, anything with liara yeah it is so good also Shadow Broker was like really cool. I, was oh, like, I really liked so his design. Cool. His ship was awesome. And I really loved the whole um, Asari Spectre. What, what do you mean? The, 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 this, the, the fellow Spectre who is at, who's trying to kill Liara, who bombs the building. Yes. And then she's holding that girl hostage. And she's a vanguard. Yes. She's jumping all over the place. Yeah, because that was hilarious for me for that fight because I'm charging her and she's charging me. So we just teleport into each other and it's all going wrong. And like that fight took forever for me. We're just constantly darting around. Oh, that was that's a great DLC. I really like that. It was really good. Um, and then the uh, other one, which I really enjoy is Arrival, which did you do Arrival before or after the suicide? No, because so, obviously I'd never done it. I looked it up. Um, mm. And I did both Liara's DLC and Arrival because I heard that it was better to do them after. So I did Arrival oh. last. Cool. Yeah, I liked uh, Arrival. It was fun. Um, yeah. And it gives good dialogue. I didn't uh, realize it would be so intense. Oh, yeah. Was it like three, 300,000 or 3 million, something like that? Yeah, 300,000 like Bartarian colonists. It's just like, oh, uh, I didn't realize it was going to be this And, kind and of it DLC. makes the lockdown in three make so much more sense. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously you joined a terrorist organization in two, but still. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then um, going on to free, there's think free DLCs. So you've got Javik, which we talked about, uh, yep. the last Prothean. So good. Like an inspired, considering the Protheans are these big enigmatic uh, en- en- like beings and they're so integral throughout the game and you have the beacon and the images. And I, I, that's something we didn't talk about in one, the beacons with mm-hmm. the images and they were really intense and you watch oh i love the beacon and you see the same thing every time and he's like i'm getting more sense out of it and I'm like, yeah. are you because i'm not <laughs> <laughs> and then um to, to have a prothean with us and to have him kind of crush liara's hopes and dreams as well of how the protheans were oh, that broke my heart she's so enthusiastic and he's just, he's just and he's mo- like we just enslaved her. everyone yeah <laughs> He's like, pah, sorry. <laughs> he's just Primitives. So, he's so, yeah, he's so like, we used to eat the, like, kahana <laughs> or whatever he goes on about. Salarian well, tasted the, good. <laughs> if, if you bring him to, I don't, but I've seen the dialogue. If you bring him to Sir Kesh, when Rex is saying, I prefer my Salarian liver raw, and he laughs, Javik chimes in and goes, yes, in my cycle, it was considered a delicacy. And the Salarians <laughs> look at him like, what the fuck? <laughs> Yeah. Uh, uh yeah so there's that one then there is um uh the omega dlc mm-hmm. uh what really do you think good. of that one yeah really good i again it, that feels like cut content for me that's so yeah, considering how important omega is in two yeah kind of feels, feels like huge yeah 
And um, then it makes sense why Cerberus is so powerful because they have this super base. They have this like army. They have this bait. Like, like it's kind of in weird in free how like, well, where's their fleet? Where'd they get all these resources? And then when you realize, hey, they've been occupying planets. They've been occupying space. They've been taking the resources. It makes a lot more sense. Mm-hmm. Um, then you have um, Leviathan. I've really liked, like, I shouldn't have really liked that one, but I did end up really liking that one. Mm. Like, it's normally the type of DLC that I'm like, eh. But I don't know what it was. There was something so I cool about the Leviathan. It's just so cool to see the Reaper's origin. Mm-hmm. And I think Leviathan isn't fun from a gameplay perspective. No. It's like the story implications. Yeah, exactly. And that's why I was like, this is really cool. Mm. And then the best DLC in the entire. Uh, Mass Effect <laughs> series, hands down, is the Citadel DLC. Mm-hmm. I just, uh, I love this thing. I've really liked just the the kind of the prefix to the plot. To actually, yeah, just I loved that that moment where you're just like in the the bar, and then it's like it's you've got this so funny. Pistol. It 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 just it feels like a Guardians of the Galaxy movie within Mass Effect. Yeah. it's so wacky, it's so stupid, but and like. <laughs> yeah, but even when like they're like trapped, it, and when the cl- clone traps him, and the clone goes, "I should go," and the squad mates are talking to Shepard, and Shepard's having a midlife crisis, going, "Wait, yeah. I sound like it's that? So Do I actually <laughs> sound like that?" And they're literally like, "Shepard, why are you not worried about this?" He's like, "I should go. I should go. I should go." And they're like, "They're like Shepard," and then he's like, "Oh yeah," um, and then he calls the drone over, Cliff or whatever his name is, and then he's like, "Oh yeah, let's get out of this." Oh, it's so, so funny. Good. It's so well written. And again, it's just the, the party is just beautiful. It's such mm-hmm. a good because you grow so attached to all these characters. And I think if you <laughs> if you go for Paragon, the most you can get at the party is 15 squad mates. Yeah, that's what I had, which is really sad because mm, some of you, my favorites, you know, Fane, like Morden, Fane, Fane, Morden, and Legion, uh, and Ashley. Or uh, as, the four uh, that can't be there. If you please, his name is Gethry. <laughs> Gethry? Who? Legion, he's Gethry. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> the whole game. I, I love like, Legion. I was like, hello, Legion is one of my favourite. I, I know, same. Love him. And he's gone. And it's like, oh. It's like, this is the thing, is they were deaf, I had no control over. And Gethry and Morden are some of my favourites. And Thane. It annoys like, me you get Legion so late in two. Yeah, like it's like literally just right at the there. end. Yeah, and the only mission you can do is his loyalty mission. Yeah, unless you save all the side content and then you just binge it with him at the end. Oh, okay, yeah. But I, that's thought, like, I thought it was on a timer. Well, the, the thing is, you can get Legion and technically not have done a load of the other loyalty missions and stuff. But uh, if you do that, then all the crew will die and stuff before you get to rescue them and stuff. <laughs> oh, so but it's yeah. a bit rough. Either way, the Citadel DLC was so good. That party, oh. the interaction. Did you did you great. do low key party or did you crank it up? Low key. Yeah, low key's better. I think I like I, the low key I, party. I don't know what it's like when it's cranked up. Have you so ever done it? I, I've it? done both. Um, and also you can do the variations of them because you get asked at different times whether to amp it up or yes. turn it down. Um, and the, the the crazy party is really good fun and it is really funny. But they're both funny because you get completely different dialogue and complete, and they all get battered if you turn the party up. And that's Tally really... was the only one that was drunk on mine. 
and that's really entertaining. But then if you keep it calm, they run off and do random stuff. Like Garrison Saeed start like booby trapping the apartment. It was the bit that got me was when he he got to the hot tub and he talks about the hot like he's like, Oh yeah, I've I've booby trapped your hot tub. And he was like, Well, what if I want to get in the hot tub? And he's like yeah, don't worry. I've keyed your DNA in so that, so that if you get in the hot tub, it so won't your clone. And then he literally goes, Zaid, it's a clone. He's genetically identical. <laughs> and he's like, goddamn clones. This <laughs> is so funny. You know it's what? So Zaid's delivery is just amazing in the Citadel DLC. I love that. And it's the fact that like, oh. Garrus is up against your glass and you're yeah. like, what are you doing? And or even like, like mm. there's the interaction where Grunt and Rex square up. I was going to say that. And you're like, oh, Krogan Showdown. They, it's so good. No, my, my, the, the Grunt. So the funniest thing is, is since I have played Mass Effect, um, what is it Mass Effect? Which one's Grunt in? Two. Uh, two. Yeah. Since I played two, since like two thousand eight or so ten, much smaller than Rex though. I randomly, whenever someone mentions Mass Effect, I will go Shepherd. <laughs> <laughs> and then I'd never played Citadel, obviously. And there's, the, I don't know if you got it, but when they're together on the oh, sofa, they have the Shepherd off, didn't they? Yeah. And I was like, <laughs> it's like they knew that I have. I've always loved the way they say Shepherd as Krogans, <laughs> and then they just start going Shepherd, Shepherd, <laughs> Shepherd. Bird. <laughs> do you know what? Do you know what the funniest thing I think with the Krogan is? They're not my favourite race, but they're two of my favourite companions. Oh, which let's is say crazy. something then. Yeah, that's um, so good. But, but yeah, so uh, Citadel DLC is just—it's it, just amazing. It's just—it's so, and the the cast are having so much fun. Even like the Miranda and Jack chat. Where they're like, I still hate you, but you've got a great ass. And, she's like, <laughs> and they have this begrudging like friendship, and you're like, oh, wholesome. Yeah, exactly. Um, and Tally's like mourning over Legion as well, and you're like, ah, oh. see, Commander Shepard fixing all of the races, wars, and problems across the galaxy. <laughs> um, and then, um, what's the other thing that's, uh, oh, yeah, so that voice actor for Saeed, that was the last thing he recorded before he died. Aww. which makes it really um, kind of like e- even more sort of special. Yeah. Because so, he was really old, to be fair. Um, it's weird. He doesn't sound it. Yeah. I mean, he, I think, well, not really old. You know, I think he was like maybe 60s or something. Oh, just old. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Older. But um, yeah, I mean, I, I love that that was the last project he did. Because it's yeah. so, so good. Um, but yeah, and like I say, for, that's where Saeed shines so much is the Citadel. Exactly. Obviously. And this is, like I said, in two, I was kind of like, oh, I hate you, Zaid. He's really annoying. He's always wanting to kill people. And, and, and then by three, I was just, he, he just cracks me up. It's like, I said, in the, um, in the like rowdy party, he's really drunk and he starts hitting on Samara and he's like, <laughs> we're both old. We've both had a lot to drink and I'd like to cuddle. And Aww. she's like, I don't take you as the cuddling site. And he's like, no point being hard, darling, if you can't cuddle. <laughs> <laughs> and like, it's so funny. Like, I just, Aww. both of the parties are so good. I can never decide what one I prefer. <laughs> but I think I prefer Loki in, in certain ways. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm um, for. But yeah, but, really yeah, good. So uh, the last thing I think I'd like to talk about um was should we quickly go through well actually to be fair 
Did we all just go Paragon decisions all the way through the game? Oh, of course. Yeah. Um, and you, you reconciled very... the Geth and the Quarians, did you? Yes. Yes. Yeah, I, we pretty much just did the exact same playthrough, let's be honest. Yeah, with the We Paragons. romanced Liara. We did all the ultimate charm. Though <laughs> um, uh, you'll be surprised to learn, Bradley, because <clears throat> I usually go with Synthesis. Oh. And I was umming and ahhing. What is wrong with you? Yeah, see, this is the problem I have, Bradley, because... That's literally the one option I... I I'm like, nah. See, it doesn't feel right. I get to the point, right, where I'm there and I'm looking at both. Because the thing that upsets me is with Destroy, you destroy all of the Geth and all of Legion's sacrifice and you kill ED. And I'm like... Ugh. And that's what you, happens in Destroy. And I'm like, this is such a heavy price. Whereas mm-hmm. I can synthesis and everyone gets to live together in harmony. But then the whole thing for me was I, I did the synthesis and then I started thinking about it more. And like even like Reaper husks like become sentient and become like part of the population. And I was like, oh God, this is horrible. Like, See? These people are like in husk bodies and they're forced to like coexist and it's i was like weird yeah it is w-. so i actually reloaded it and went <laughs> with destroy um but it but it made Which me control feel, out of the option it yeah because control is just what the elusive man wants and exactly, i know i know weird. the argument is that shepherd will be able to keep them on a leash oh the and... argument is is that they were trying to just indoctrinate you it wouldn't have worked well, I don't know. I love. Have you ever seen the indoctrination? Yeah, thing? the indoctrination movie. I don't, I don't so buy cool. that so much. I do. It's wrong. Can't do that. So what? Of course, what did I do? Destroy. Destroy. But, um, destroy them. Yeah, I, I like say. But even when I did destroy, I felt so guilty. Like I finished the game, I felt bad. I about mean, destroying the Geth. I felt bad about Gethry was gone, so I didn't really care about the rest of the but Geth. But all as these much. people are set, like, but if you talk to them, they immediately forgive the the Quarians. They immediately say, oh, yeah. give the Quarians land and places to live on Rannoch. They and then if you talk to Tally, she talks about how the Geth have been uploading into Quarian suits to jumpstart their immune system, and she says with the Geth's help in the next I know, ten they, years, great. they wouldn't need the suits. But the Geth could always be rebuilt. Yeah, but would they be the same? That's no, the question. Not the same, but synthesis is definitely out of the cards and control is evil, so <laughs> And then uh the fourth ending is just a no go. Yeah, like that's so weird to get though. You just do nothing then, you? you just walk away. You shoot the star child and he goes, So be it. And then um And then everything just ends. And then it ends. And then you get Liara's hologram and like some vague future aliens staring at the hologram. That's hilarious. No, yeah, could destroy is the best. And then afterwards, yes, you've sacrificed the Geth and Edie, but it's a small sacrifice for like. Oh, it's still hard though. It is. But the... but then what makes it all worth it is that little cutscene at the end. <gasps> what the exactly? You, I'm like yes. When you type in like, what's the best ending? It's always like the perfect ending is the destroyer with whatever. How many, how many war assets did you have? Uh, I don't know. Maybe uh, I, well, I had everything that's possible to get on the ultimate, but like, because I collected everything from. Um, I collected all the war assets from the galaxy map that was stuck wow. in Reaper space. I had, you know, all. I did I'd all d- of those because I'd done all I did of the side content. I, I did yeah. all the side content in one, and I did all the side content in two. So wow. every and then I did all the side content in three. So Jesus. every single. Please don't tell me you scanned every single planet in two. 
no, only the. Uh, oh well, yeah, no. I I like I went up to them and scanned them, and then it would be anomaly detected, and then I scanned if it had an anomaly. Obviously, I didn't. no, no. The resources. Oh no, God! Oh, no. thank God! I did make sure I had enough to get a bonus to the crucibles construction at the start, but that was all right. I did. I was gonna say, which you just you just have to get. I think it's like fifty thousand or, or whatever the the uh, max is in in each slot, mm-hmm. which is then you get like a. I think it's like 150 maybe war asset points towards the construction of the crucible or something. I think it's like mm-hmm. when the Normandy was seized, you had vast supplies of minimal resources <laughs> that went towards the crucible's construction. And I was like, I love that. That's so funny. Um, oh, and I also love when it gets seized that um, James and uh, the pilot Cortez keep arguing over the Mako and the Hammerhead. <laughs> like all game even in the Citadel DLC the two teams are called Mako and Hammerhead aren't they yeah and oh, so one of them's like what even is um, a Mako I love James I think he's so funny James is good yeah I just love how he's just like like Such in a, the party as well he's like he, yeah he's like he's like biotics or muscles <laughs> it's literally the, it's him and like whenever you go to see him he's just doing pull-ups <laughs> Just pull-ups. What's your favourite activity? Do you know there's a there's a hidden... Um, when you invite him round in Citadel, he goes and starts do, working out on the punch bags. Oh, does he? Yeah, and um, you can... He says, so my record's 189 chin-ups on the chin-up bar. Wow. You can sit there and tap RT and LT, and it takes like five minutes, and then you'll do more chin-ups than him. And he'll go, oh my God, you beat my record. Oh, wow. Yeah, but it takes so long. It takes like five minutes, and every like couple seconds, it says just like, to RT get a or LT, line. and he does a chin up, and then of course I did the whole thing. But um, <laughs> it's so painful. After a while, you're like, oh my! And he counts them down as you go, so you're thinking, right, I've got to get like 190 or something. Yeah, and he'll be like, wow, 40, well done. And I'm like, oh my god, it's only <laughs> 40. What the hell? Uh, but yeah. So, um, is there anything else you want to talk about? No, I don't think so. Just the, the only thing we'll say, I, I think that the Legendary Edition is definitely worth the money. There's yeah. so much content, so many hours, all the DLCs, everything is so nicely bundled. And mm-hmm. I think Mass Effect 1 could have done with maybe a more intimate remake. Yeah, I would have um, loved to honest. have seen it. Like, I would have loved to have seen it actually remade. Mm. like get a full treatment you know something closer to the way andromeda plays like have a complete redo of the way it actually plays yeah or Um, even just free because i kind of prefer free's gameplay to andromeda's yeah true andromeda i like the the way it feels so free yeah and i I love jumping i I like the mobility but i can't believe they went back to mass effect one's cover system yeah no that that's weird i, I, I mean like, i don't need the cover done? so that's Why? fine but the thing i i hate about andromeda do you feel like everything just feels weak the oh, gun sounds weak the powers sound weak yeah. they look weak the, the biotic detonations like what is that <laughs> like, uh, i don't know is... i don't know what it is but i'll do a charge and in in me two and three he literally goes and like charges in, like screams and charges in. In this one, I get a little. I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm, I don't know about you, but when I finish Andromeda, I will do a little 
maybe uh, retrospective where I'll get into all of this. Yeah. Maybe no, we can get I into it to together. Well. Jack can sit quietly in the corner while, while we, we do it again. <laughs> while we do It'll only be one game. It won't be as long. Hopefully. Um, no, hopefully. Um, and the only other thing I will say is, unfortunately, I did, uh, I have to say, this, run into a lot of bugs in the Legendary Edition. Uh, yeah, kind of upset me a little bit. There were quite a lot, um, more than I remember. Like a door falling infinitely. Did you have the bug in Mass Effect Two where Shepard ends up running sideways firing the gun? No. So it was really weird. If I sprinted with the gun out, sometimes the camera would get stuck side on, and I would fire, and the cursor would be looking forward, and he'd be firing the gun off to the side. And it happened to me so much in Mass Effect 2. And I was like, what is this? Um, So I have to admit, the bugs were quite detracting from the experience at times. One was the unable to progress bugs that I didn't realize. Oh, really? Yeah, like I said, when I was doing it too quickly. Oh, sorry, you're talking about the the charge. Yeah, your abilities. No, no, nothing to do with the abilities. It's literally, you get to an area, and if you kill the guys too quickly, the door doesn't unlock. Oh, what is that in? In which one's that in? in... One and three. There's two separate times oh. it happens. But I, I only realized in three that it happened again because of the bug in one. I was like, I bet it's because I'm doing this too quick. Mm. And it's actually it's in the Citadel, is the in three. It's when they're doing like the whole Mako and um, Hammerhead thing. Yeah. When they're above, um, like both teams are above in the same platform and you're, you're, your team is below. If you kill them too quickly, they stop spawning. So I mm. literally had to like, stand there wait for like all of them to get down kill one walk around for a bit <laughs> just in mm. case because i did it like four times and then i was like oh yeah. i'm doing it too quickly but yeah that was did- annoying i fell through the floor like endlessly yeah. i glitched a load of enemies out of the map and then had to reload the map sometimes i got off um in you know the embassy in which one the in three in three yeah i got like pushed up onto the platform and i fell down <laughs> to the bottom bit where all the 2d assets are oh, and it's no. really creepy down there that they all follow your direction <laughs> and, and they're all these really low res 2d assets and i was like alexa everybody's watching me because <laughs> they follow you so i was running around this really low res tree with all of these 2d assets just spinning around yeah me. screw the nightmares this is more terrifying it was, it was so weird but like um, now I can't look down in the embassy anymore because I've been down there. Oh it's God. horrible. But oh, to be fair, that was something I forgot about in free as well. I, how upsetting it was when, as you had the nightmares, you start hearing Fane's voice and then Legion's voice and then Morden's voice mm-hmm. as people died. Uh, I know we're talking about bugs, but I just remember I remembered that bit and I was like, oh. <laughs> and because the first time you have the nightmare, you hear whoever you sacrificed on Vermeer. And they do a really good job of making it sound really sad and really creepy. Yeah. Oh, I love that. It's so well done. And it kind of feels like it makes sense. It's like Shepard is suffering PSD from losing these friends and squad mates, right? Mm-hmm. Actually, that was one of the things that annoyed me. You, you get asked, you go after boarding dies, you get asked if, like, if you're okay. I think it's Liara, actually. Yeah, She's like, she okay? comes in. And she was like, just thinking about the squad mates I've lost. And then she's like, thinking about anyone in particular. And the only person I could say was Ashley. <laughs> and I was like, 
No, Morden no one in particular. Yeah, literally, I was like, he just died. I'm thinking about Morden. I literally am in real life. And I just go, nah, no one really. No, so that actually from three Ashley. years ago. Yeah, I was well annoyed. I wanted to talk about Morden. I, I mean, it does, like, don't get me wrong, that does make sense because that's the first one he lost. Like, Yeah, but why would he be, literally, Morden just, just died. Just died. And he's like, Ashley. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, he's like, if that was wow. really, I said, good on you, see you later. <laughs> Like when I killed Ashley off, so I don't think he was that upset. But yeah, mm. that, that annoyed me. It's little things like that where you don't actually have control. So the the last thing I'll ask you uh, before we sort of end this, wrap this episode up, is um, how do you think Mass Effect Four is going to work? I don't know. Um, <sighs> I'm excited because if they're going to you know do a proper Mass Effect Four, not an Andromeda, you know, um, then it did you watch amazing. the little teaser? No, because uh, there's a teaser trailer. Oh, is it? Yeah, give it a watch. Animated uh, CGI teaser trailer. Liara's in it. <gasps> yeah, boy. Um, so maybe give it a watch and tell me what you think. But do you um, think we should be able to play as like aliens? Uh, well, here's the thing. I um, I think they're going to choose a canon ending. Um, as in, they're going to they're going to choose. Yeah, I think they're just going to choose an ending, and people are going to have to get on with it. And I think that's dangerous because i think they will alienate a lot of people yeah because the majority of people chose destroy but there is you know a, a fourth who chose control and a fourth who chose synthesis i think majority chose destroy but uh it's, it's still a bigger split than you'd think and there's quite heated debates over uh, the endings even now is destroy technically a renegade ending uh because it's red and i've always wondered if that was actually the renegade ending I don't. I don't think because there's not... four separate endings. I I think they kind of throw Paragon and Renegade to the wind, don't they? Okay, well, I was just wondering because because Control is blue, real. and I wouldn't yeah. consider Control Paragon. <laughs> okay, fair enough. I was just checking. Seeing... Um, I think it's just they just chose three different light beam colors for the different endings. <laughs> and they're like, we've got blue and red in the so system, much. and then green synthesis. <laughs> um, but, I can't believe you used to choose synthesis. Yeah, but then that's I crazy. didn't realize that the husks like, and then I was like, oh, that's such a cruel existence to force people yeah. to be husks. Like, oh god. Um, but anyway, but, so you, but, you think they'll choose a canon ending and so then roll with that? They, they and... will because I can't see it. it it's too crazy to because because I think about how difficult it would be to be. Oh, all the galaxies now merged into a super being. Like if you did synthesis or yeah. like, um, or like how could you have a serious threat if Commander Shepard's like controlling the Reapers? Like yeah. that would be ridiculous. But, oh, there's a new threat. Well, just get, get it's AI just, Shep to send got, the Reapers over. <laughs> Shepard's number. And he'll sort, he'll sort them out pronto, you know? Like those two endings just kind of don't make sense. Yeah. If they do go hog wild, obviously two endings, Commander Shepard's dead. So say say they do go absolutely crazy and let you choose from all three the three main endings, um, then that would mean that only the destroy ending people could continue playing as Shepard, and the synthesis and control people would have to be a new protagonist. Yeah, and like which you said to be like really weird um, it, 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 it would be like um, Dragon Age where every installment you have a new main protagonist. You don't have the same protagonist throughout Dragon Age, do you? You have True. the Warden, then you have Hawk, then you have the Inquisitor. I forgot um, the changes. 
yeah so so with bizarrely the companions tend to uh jump like kind of like mass effect uh, you know be in the games but you just have different protagonists so it's not something bioware is um not done before but i think that could be cool being like only destroy can have shepherd because only shepherd lives there so if you do choose the other endings and you have to be a fresh protagonist um but I, I, I think they're just going to pick a cannon. Uh, yeah, I was going to say, I thought that would be too much work. But I do have to say, uh, Mass Effect Legendary Edition is amazing. It's worth your money. Yeah. And it's one of my favorite stories in gaming, hands down. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, th- I love Halo, but this for me is the greatest no, sci-fi I, I game. I was thinking that, yeah. I, I was like, Halo's good, but this story-wise, I think Mass Effect just does... Mass Effect is basically everything great about Halo and everything great about Star Trek rolled into one in a happy <laughs> marriage. Mm. It like does it's like Star Trek but better in like every way and still has really militaristic vibes. So and, just out of curiosity, I'm yeah. assuming but Mass Effect for you over Dragon Age then. Oh yeah. I okay. mean it's a tough one because you got to because I'll go back and I'll play Dragon Age Origins and then I'll play Dragon Age 2 and I'll play Inquisition and I'll be like, oh, Dragon Age. It's the best, <laughs> it's the best thing ever. You're like me, you're just not that subjective. Um, whatever you played recently. But, but I, I, I was so looking forward to Legendary Edition, as you know, as the podcast listeners know if, if they listen regularly. Mm-hmm. Um, but I forgot how good these games were. I forgot. It, it is so amazing how emotional i got while playing through these games oh yeah how connected to the story how connected to the characters i was how much i cared you forget it's a video game you forget your squad mates aren't actually real people Mm -hmm. like you start to lose yourself like (laughs) it's pretty bad and it's just a testimony testament to how good the writing is to how good the world building is it is honestly, I think one of the best RPG trilogies ever. And I, I just, I, you know, if you're an RPG fan, it's a disservice to not play this game series, you know? Yeah, definitely. But uh, I don't know if you had anything to add before we, we close this one out. I think we've, we've talked for a very long time, Bradley. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we have. No, I have nothing more to add. You summed it up very nicely. Nice. So I guess our closing thought is if you haven't played Mass Effect, then I'm sorry we spoiled almost all of it for you. <laughs> <laughs> and maybe go That's a good point. We maybe should have warned of spoilers. <laughs> but um, I mean, you know, they get they're, it's a game series where I think three came out in twenty twelve. Yeah. So it's, it's kinda like a golden oldie. It's a remaster, isn't it? Yeah. And the thing is, is I would still like knowing, you know, we we replayed it knowing where it's gonna end or where we want it to end and yet we still loved every minute of mm, it and you forget things and exactly it's about things, the intricacies yeah. the moment to moment and despite i remembered loads of stuff it's still certain points even though i remembered them vaguely still brought a smile to my face still made me chuckle still made <laughs> me laugh you know um yeah it's like yeah. reading a good book you know <laughs> yeah <laughs> Just it, like that, it really is that and, feeling and, and sort of i guess our closing thought is i always see people you know, like poo poo games as a narrative, games telling a story, but yeah. the game medium has so much to offer, so much more, I think, in a lot of ways than than movies and television. Hundred percent. Like because you get so invested, and they have, like I say, for me, hundreds of hours in which I can get attached to this world, these people, 
and it just grows. And you get and... to shape it as well, yeah. whereas you wouldn't get to do that with other media. And that's what I love about, it, mm. especially these types of games, is that it... I know that although our worlds were similar, there's someone who would have been a bit more cynical and and had a much you know more <laughs> desperate. Yeah, God, evil that evil person with the renegade renegade playthrough who killed Rex on the Citadel in Mass Effect Three. Yeah, <laughs> like. And it's just, it's just awesome because that why, person would have loved that in that story. But that's why I will never do a renegade playthrough, Bradley. I will not kill Rex. <laughs> Screw the Solarians. Screw the Solarians. They help you anyway because Fane's a bro and saves their counselor. <laughs> <laughs> oh god. Okay, guys. Well, um, we'll catch you next week when the Gremlin comes back. And um, next week we also have a guest on, uh, George. If you remember last time. Um, he's a Minecraft uh, Minecraft live streamer for people who don't know but we had a great time when he was on last time and we're mm-hmm. really looking forward to having him on next week so uh, tune in next week for that episode guys yeah see you later see you later <laughs>